Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. You already know we gotta do it big one time for the one time. I ain't gonna eat, I ain't gonna sleep Ain't gonna breathe till I see what I wanna see And Let's what I go. wanna see is you go to sleep in the dirt Permanently, you just being hurt This ain't gonna work for me It just wouldn't be sufficient enough Cause we are just gonna be in I'm letting the white boy talk a little bit Since Chet said it's a white boy summer Let him get his There ain't gonna be no reason speaking with me You speak on my seat, then me no speaking English uh -huh. So we gonna beef and keep on beefing in less Let's get to the man himself. Fuck all this bullshit. Rest in peace, DMX. I don't give a fuck if we get we we get sued this time. We playing this nigga shit all day. Fuck it. What we doing? What we doing? Y'all know what we doing. Who dick you sucking? Who dick you sucking? Come on, B. I just heard some shit about you, some foul shit. Yo, DMX's favorite shit was somebody sucking somebody dick. <laughs> oh, you know somebody in Yonkers. Mm. <laughs> this nigga X, man. One of my favorite songs from him, too, son. Uh, going down. Got yes. to know now. Nigga try to get me a nut. You had a scar for it. <laughs> yeah, that ad lib was. Huh? Oh man. Huh? What these bitches want from a nigga? Trying to get on these names level. What these bitches want from a nigga? Who know the names? Who know the names? Hey, yo, dog, 
I meet bitches, the street bitches, street bitches, slash Coco Puff sweet bitches. Yo, that line? Coco Puff sweet bitches? That niggas eat off the plate all you want, but not dig. I fuck with these hoes. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I know this song as well as I think I do. I can't name all the names up to this day, bro. I'm trying to see if I hit it. Let me see if I hit it. Every time I hear it, I feel like I find some new chick name that he never said before. Nah, I skipped it. I skipped it. Skipped it. But we not skipping though. Rest in peace, DMX. But we not skipping though. This one right here. Fuck it. Y'all know what time it is. We gonna close out with this one. One of the top DMX songs for real. Love this song right here, bro. Oh man, ladies and fucking gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It's the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished to God. It's your boy, D Flow. I mean, we're going to get to DMX's legacy, but do you brothers have any words for the king that just passed before we even get into all of that, the all man moment and all that? I mean, I was telling a few people. Actually, I was telling. Um, young lady I was with when I was in Vegas, DMX was very instrumental in my life when I tried to commit suicide on several occasions. Um, I got tons of DMX albums in the house right now. You know what I mean? I know tons of DMX lyrics. Um, it's, it's so funny that it, it, it takes a, a death and an impact like this for the culture of hip-hop for us to realize how profound he was, not just how aggressive he was, not just how raw and real he was. You know what I mean? DMX wasn't a rapper because he liked fucking wordplay and because he liked, you know, rhyming words. He was really like every bar, every line, every song. That was his real fucking life. Like his real life. Like no bullshit, no gimmicks. Even the woo, y'all gonna make all of that. That was that man's life. Like, y'all gonna make that nigga lose his mind. He gonna slap the shit out of you. Like, that's like, um, and it's, it's interesting to, to kind of see people put, you know, Dark Man X, Dark Man X. Like, I, know, I knew that was the acronym of his name years ago. Shout out to, um, shout out to the verbal artisan, um, 
one time we was talking about DMX, and I was like, yeah, you know, I've been listening to DMX since I was like 10, 11. She was like, yeah, man, Dark Man X. And I was like, wait, that's what it stands for? She was like, yeah. I was like, wow, Dark Man X. That, that's a mother, yo, that's a motherfucking name right there, bro. That's, that's, that's some shit, man. So, uh, you know, like, like I also was just also telling people to, Drug, whether it was a drug addiction, whether it was lack of health resources, which is very hard to believe, whether it was a fucking conspiracy, that man has physically left the earth. That man is not physically here anymore. But that man was touched in a very spiritual way. You know, despite all the profanity fuck niggas suck my dick fuck bitches that man was you know we got we got to keep it 100 you know and a lot of people were saying that that man was fighting demons his whole life and he was really conflicted it was like he was torn between heaven and hell it was like he was rapping as if he was in a fucking purgatory limbo that he could just never get himself out of but like i was seeing a few uh people comment under a lot of his photos on different media outlets and publications online, a lot of people were saying, yo, that man always had God with him no matter what album he did. So I truly believe in my heart that he met his maker, R.I.P. DMX. R.I.P. to DMX. I mean, definitely a legend has passed away. Definitely in the That's top definitely 10. definitely one of my favorite artists. Uh, I said this over the weekend when it happened. And for those of you who don't know, the picking of XAB as a hip-hop name was very much influenced by DMX. Like the three-letter acronym, deciding to go that route. I remember originally <laughs> when I was... Uh, Starting to rap, there was a bunch of different names I went through. I I, I went through uh, some some crazy Mills name for a minute. I went through a lot of different names, and then when I finally settled, uh, when when me and Flo finally were kind of putting projects together and, and coming through with the name, I said, "Yo, one of my favorite rappers is DMX." Why not just keep it simple and, and just go with the acronym um, XAB and like let's just make it simple. Like well, there's no there's no need for us to make it more than it needs to be, and that's pretty much the route I decided to go. And um, mm. you know DMX was definitely music that I grew up on. DMX was raw. DMX just was the type of music that when I was twelve or thirteen and. Wanted to talk to a girl, I would throw on some DMX to get that confidence when before I walked up to her. Like he gave you every and and like I, I said in a post too, I was never into gangster rap. I was never into hardcore rap. I was never that type of hip hop never it never felt good to me. But the moment I listened to a DMX album, it didn't feel anything like that. He had some of the same themes, but the beauty about DMX was he did not glorify it. Like, if you listen to the lyrics, it wasn't glorification. He was talking about, yeah, I will put three bullets in your head. 
But then he would talk about how he, his soul would need salvation right after that. So it wasn't about glorifying that lifestyle. It was always about like, I'm fighting these demons and I'm also letting you know I'm not to be fucked with. But I'm also telling you that this ain't the this ain't the route to go. Like this ain't the shit mm. that I want to see my community deal with. This isn't how I want right. to be dealing with people. Um, and so we lost a true legend. Uh, I don't know. I feel like DMX to some people was a sleeper legend. Like maybe the people didn't know how powerful he was until he passed. <laughs> but sure. if that's you, I'm I'm sorry for you because that man. That man did a lot for for hip hop and the culture. So, um, I mean, people gotta realize, bro. Like, there was a good three to four years that DMX was literally top five in the game. DMX we talked about this flow a few years ago. He literally yeah. helped Def Jam out of a rut. Def he was Jam, de- like, he was Def Jam. He was Def Jam. It was, it was him and Jay had Def Jam on their back, literally. And people don't notice, but like. 98 to like 2004 you couldn't go through no conversation and not put DMX DM- in that conversation when it came to hip hop DMX was probably the number one rapper in the world two out of those years two to three out of those yeah, years yeah for sure possibly possibly for not, sure. no no possibly niggas no, was no, no, no. Like, niggas was bro, scared like, of DMX between 99 DMX, <laughs> DMX was like DMX, yo, we forget this nigga was really in blockbusters, bro. Oh, yeah, With yeah, fucking yeah. Jet Li. I was about to say, <laughs> like, DMX like definitely had a successful acting career. Very successful. Yeah, uh, yeah you right, like, you right. But And we're talking about DMX. Like, and niggas didn't want to see him on really, a track, though. Niggas did not want to hear that DMX was featuring on your track. <laughs> niggas was like, wait, for, wait, who? <laughs> DM, like, the only niggas that really... Would be on the track where X was M, like we played J. Like niggas was scared that if you said, "Yo, I'm fe- featuring DMX," that he was gonna eat your shit up, and you you had nothing on the track. It don't care. It, it didn't matter how well your verse was. Once his voice came on, it was over. Niggas was was you couldn't imitate in. his flow. You couldn't <laughs> no, imitate. You no. you knew he was gonna come different. So it didn't really matter what you did because you knew he was gonna come different. So you still had to prepare for the fact that X is going to eat your shit regardless. So <laughs> leave no crumbs. Listen, man. No, no, no pun intended on that. I'm just saying. But rest in peace to that legend, man. He's going to be missed. You know, I, it's unfortunate that he had to, that that it had to go down like that. But you know, his his legacy lives on with us, and we can always go back to the songs that made us feel that way. We that, that, the way he made us feel. So rest in peace to that man. I honestly, I heard. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sad because I honestly feel like he did what he came to do on this earth. Like, here, when a lot of people were saying that he's the anointed one, and I wholeheartedly agree because he could have been. I'm not knocking Jay Z. Everyone has their role to play, but he could have been a Jay Z, right? He could have got the money. Could've, he could have elevated. But I was listening to Sweet Swiss Beats the other day, and he was like, "You never seen." X in a Lamborghini. You never seen X flossing crazy. You never seen him dress wild with with all labels and whatnot. He was always a man of the people. And I think that that's what X's job was. His job was to be the common person that although had crazy amounts of success, 
never switched up. And he was supposed to be the one to show us what that looks like so that future generations can know, like, when you get money and success, that doesn't mean you have to then go and and be in all these rooms and look like you don't deal with quote-unquote commoners. X was always with the people that he came up with. X would always stop and take a picture with a fan. X would rap for fans. You know what I mean? You get paid millions of dollars to rap. What, you don't got to rap for niggas in their car. Like, but X would do it. So I just think that that's dope. And I, like I said, Jay-Z has his, his part to play too. Jay-Z has to be the one in the rooms to elevate hip-hop in a, a totally different way. But um, I think he came to do what he, he needed to do. So on that aspect of it, I'm not, I'm not sad. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that I was able to be around and experience DMX. There are, there's some real issues to address before we get off of our late, great Earl Simmons, also known as DMX. Two things I saw that I think one is probably more polarizing than the other. And then the other one is just more like, you just had to been there. So I'm going to go to the, you just had to been there first. Cameron destroyed Derek Jackson the other day in a few characters on Instagram, basically saying, now you want to come out your fucking character, come out your face because you got caught doing some fuck shit. Don't you dare post DMX. And the niggas was under the comment section like, yeah, fuck out of here. You got caught doing some fuck shit. Now you want to post DMX? Nah, go back to womanizing women type shit. And Cameron basically was saying, if you didn't see DMX perform live, you were not complete with this hip hop shit. And it had me thinking like, I need to, you know, really see some of my favorite artists perform live before they die because I feel like maybe for me, the death might not hit me so much. You know, I, I, I never got to see Nipsey perform live. And when I was told Nipsey died, I cried right then and there. I never saw Kobe Bryant play basketball live. And when Kobe died, I cried. So for me, I'm looking at it like you could really have an emotional attachment to people you've never met because people have been posting online why is niggas crying over people they never met? Because we grew up with these niggas musically and in sports. That's why, motherfucker. This, they're a part of our life because they were a soundtrack to one of our darkest moments, nigga. That, that, that's why. That's why. You, we, we don't have to know these people. Like how y'all listen to the podcast every fucking week. Y'all don't know us. But you fuck with XAB. You fuck with D-Flow. And you damn sure fuck with Distinguished to God. But y'all don't know us. But we are probably playing the soundtrack to one of your darkest moments in your life. And you come to us for entertainment, for politics, for shits and giggles, and for the real-life conversations you are afraid to have with yourself in the mirror every fucking day when you go to sleep and wake up with yourself. You here. So with that being said, I think we need to really look at the people that we fuck with or look up to and, you know, go the extra mile. You know, I encourage you guys, if outside is open and it's safe enough, come to a Dad Hats live, to, uh, live show, please. Let us have a moment with you. Know who we are for real, for real. Know who we are for real, for real. Take a photo with us. Have a real conversation off to the side during intermission. 
Have a drink with us. Talk to D-Flow about beats. Talk to X about drawing. Talk to me about possibly planning your next wedding. Yes, this is for entertainment, but on some real shit, this podcast is also our life. Like, this is our real fucking life. Whether good, bad, or indifferent. And the second note I'm going to leave it on is a lot of people were also saying that DMX died broke and Jay-Z had to bail him out a few times. I do know about the times where Jay-Z definitely was just at one point, I think this was a few years ago, actually, when he came out with uh, I Got the Keys. It was him, DJ Khaled, and um, Future when they did that record. Jay-Z started like really getting behind prison reform and really stood. That's when Jay-Z started to like uh, uh, step into who he is now. You know, he, he started to come out with albums like 444 and really started to speak in a whole nother light. We never seen him. And he's man in the fuck up. He's grown up. But he also felt as though it was his responsibility as a fellow, I, I, I would say, child of hip hop music to assist his fellow brothers and sisters in hip-hop culture. So, yes, he did pay uh, and bail out a few people from some of their contracts. And, yes, he did help a few people who, you know, was delinquent in, I guess, money and situations. But don't you ever fucking say DMX died broke, though. Don't you ever fix your lips to say that bullshit. Y'all ain't, ever in your life. Y'all ain't know, that shit was crazy. Y'all ain't know what his purpose was if y'all thought he died broke. That's a fact. And X made it clear what his purpose was. So, that's that's more of a a you thing than a, a him thing. There is one more thing. I think you said it beautifully. Um, distinguished. There is one more thing that I did want to address <coughs> and I, nobody else has to address it um, if they don't want to, but I'm really getting tired of fake news surrounding people's deaths and people running with it and people having their own fucking agenda. Listen, if you don't want to take the COVID vaccine, don't take the fucking vaccine. But stop creating stories of misery for other people that are not true. There was an article posted by a fake, or let me not call it fake, by a sketchy online source stating Mm -hmm. that a quote-unquote family member of DMX, unnamed, unnamed family member, claimed that he took the vaccine five days ago and was it was wasn't dealing with any drug addiction, none of that. And five days later, he had the heart attack. Let me tell y'all something right now. Vet your sources before y'all go and run with shit. It almost seems like y'all are fiending to find any little parcel of anything to to prove that, oh, niggas who decided to take the vaccine. It's like you want bad things to happen to them. Just to prove what? There's nothing to prove there. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. But unnamed family source, his family came out several times and said what was happening with him. And every time they did, they went through his lawyer. And so there's going to be no one-off news source that is going to have this special information regarding a, a COVID vaccine five days ago. And then he passing away. And if it was a family member, I'm not going to discredit the whole publication. Let's say they did speak to a family member. They specifically said in the article, but of course it's a headline thing. So niggas just jump to the headline, post it up. And I guess they think it's going to get them likes, views and reposts. I don't know. But the family member said, I'm not saying it's the vaccine. I'm just saying, I know that he wasn't on drugs, but he did take the vaccine. 
even that to me is a little sketch, but they're specifically saying that there is no correlation between the vaccine that they think or, or led to his death. But because niggas want salacious headlines, of course they're going to put vaccine, death, family member says DMX could have died from the vaccine. The family member didn't even say that. If, if this was even uh, an actual family member, because again, as I said, most of the family members were going through the lawyer whenever they made their, their uh, declarations as to what is going on with DMX. Y'all gotta stop running with bullshit and start checking your sources. It is unfair to families. It's unfair to DMX. It's unfair to other people when y'all run with shit and you scaring people. You're, you're out there making it about a whole nother political thing rather than this man just passed away. Let's celebrate right. the man. Let, let's, let's talk about his great accomplishments and let's not sully shit with, with our own personal whatever. Nobody is forcing you to do nothing right now. The government has already come out. Biden has said on several occasions they are not mandating nobody to take nothing. So on that end of it, y'all are on those who don't want it. You're in the clear. Now, as we said on this podcast on several occasions, I can't tell you about private institutions. Dumb niggas is going to do whatever the fuck they going to do that they think is going to give them their bottom dollar. If That's they it. think you taking the vaccine and showing a card is going to make it so that they can make more money. Dumb niggas is going to make a vac- make it so that you got to take the vaccine and show a card to get X, Y, and Z treatment. And that's just the way capitalism works. Ain't no conspiracy there. That's niggas looking at money and saying, yo, if we can ensure that everyone is safe by saying, well, listen, we ask people to show their they vaccination card. They are going to do it. And there's going to be businesses that are going to say, Fuck that. There's already states saying fuck that. There are states that are mandating and putting on the law. Businesses cannot have no vaccine passport, cannot ban people for not being vaccinated. So let's stop getting crazy about it. I know. I know we like a good conspiracy, y'all. I know black people. We love a good conspiracy. I know some white Republicans love good conspiracies, too, because apparently they're the number one niggas that don't want to take the vaccine at this moment in time. But let's just not get silly and step on people's moments. This is about X and right. nothing else. Well said, my brother. Well said. Anybody got an on-man moment? I sure as hell do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really and like, you know, this is not even to sound cocky or disrespectful. I'm trying to find a way to say... What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There will be a lot that will not be said on this podcast because to go back into it would be like not only opening Pandora's box, but it would actually make me would make me personally look like a whole nother nigga that people would really see another side that it just would be bad for business, really okay. at this point. So um yeah 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 um so i'm gonna say this i have to i have to first give myself an out i have to i have to, I have to put myself on front street so wait are you gonna do this put your pussy lips on live, I'll give you a 
$1,000. I didn't even, I didn't even suck any pussy when I was out there, nigga. It's, you know, it's. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, before, it you go in, before you go into the story, Ken, let me just, let me just hit you with this. This is really how I felt on the fucking trip. <laughs> this is really how a nigga felt. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, boy. So, uh, to make a long story short, fellas, I'm going to keep it 100. You know, I've dipped into the realm of it ain't tricking if you got it. Um, I, I've dipped into the you realm. You might want to keep it at calm eighty-five. Yeah, yeah, might want to keep it at a calm eighty-five. You're right. Got to keep the fifteen percent is too much juice. <laughs> <laughs> the fifteen percent is too much. Oh, pun intended. Juice. <laughs> you know, real shit. Uh, I don't think it's healthy for us to trick just because we have money. I think I mentally put a roadblock in my head and thought oh if I do this thing I'm actually helping and what ended up happening was it was like thanks but no thanks niggas still ain't shit and that's that, that's, that's kind of how the trip was for me um, honestly speaking this really has no disrespect to the woman because she does listen to this show. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, she definitely listened to the last episode. That's for sure. Um, what I will say is this. I will say it's not healthy for people that are in a position to just do extra shit and then they won't feel, you know, they won't feel any lack of what they did later because they just got a lot of things happening. They got a lot of different moving parts. So it's not like they're missing something if they really, like, do something. The moral of the story is, if you really, and I mean fellas, I mean really and truly, do not want to be placed in a situation where you're on what should be a vacation. A motherfucking headache. Please make it a boy's trip. And that's my all-man moment. I'm going to say this. Um, you learn very quickly. <laughs> oh, no, bro. <laughs> I'm oh, with that 100 no. fucking percent. You learn very quickly <laughs> oh my that God. when you are in positions to do things that you may not always need to do them. And and maybe this is maybe this is that moment for you, but um Yes, I, I will never, bro. I will never future Hendrix again. Okay, I will never I, future. Hendrix. I, I'm, I'm glad. Listen, listen. This, this is these are one of the things that people need to learn on their own. Niggas can never tell you what to do with your bread, what to do with your time. You know what I mean? I don't even know what the fuck happened. So any of the listeners, I have no idea what this nigga is talking about. 
But I have yeah, an idea. A lot, lot happened. <laughs> I have an idea <laughs> of what could have possibly happened. And you just learn very quickly that, yeah, even if you have the ability to trick, which we all do, I guess, to some extent, but we still ain't out there like some of these niggas. So... Yeah, yeah. Some of these with, niggas, I, I've I've seen them out there. It, it wasn't good. With with that <laughs> in mind, good. with that in mind, it will it will never. It's never going to just feel like oh well, I did a little too much. It is what it is. It's going to be a regret. It's going to be a regret when you trick in the wrong instance, and it turns into some other shit. And, and that's that's all I'm gonna say on that. Um, because again, I have no idea what the fuck we are actually talking about. But God blessing all the trap niggas. That's (laughs) that's all I gotta say. I have an idea. I'm I'm just very glad that I was raised how I was raised. If I was raised around niggas with DMX, stop being (laughs) all up now. Stop being greedy. Keep it real, partner. Give to the knee. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Flo, you got an all (laughs) bed. I'm good. <laughs> now nah, I don't got an all man. I, I was going to say something. Uh, nah, I'm Gucci. You know? I'll be chilling, man. I'll be inside trying to live my best life, you know, and do what I do, you know. You already know the deal, man. So, my all man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This, this, one, this one hit hard, fellas. I received an email. I don't even want to know where that's going. <laughs> what? I received an email last week that said, you have received $1,050 from Cash App. (laughs) I already know that. Somebody somebody sent me $1,000 from Cash App. Oh, shit. Now, I was like, is 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 this a, a you, you know how you be sent emails and it, it'll say some shit like that and then it's really just an advertisement for something else. So I scroll, I'm like, no, this is from Cash App. All right, let me go to the app, make sure. I go to the app and it says pending, $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> Fellas. <laughs> I gave the money back, and it was the hardest motherfucking choice I had to make in the longest <laughs> fucking time. The shit cleared today, because I wasn't able, obviously, to give it back until it cleared. So it cleared today, and I just kept, like, giving myself different things. I was like, maybe it said for audio services. So I was like, well, may- maybe somebody went on my Instagram, and maybe these niggas saw... That, uh, you know what I mean, one of my Instagram posts, and it helped them out. Maybe it helped them out a lot. And these niggas felt so thankful that they decided to send me some money. Clearly, I was playing myself. I hit the nigga. So what happens, of course, you know, with Cash App, there's no messaging. Cash App, y'all got to fix that. No messaging. Y'all nope. got to be able, yeah. niggas got to be able to message niggas if, in case they think they might have messed up. You can't even call niggas. It's crazy. Can't do nothing. So, um... I hit the nigga back. I sent him a dollar. And then I sent him a message and was like, yo, did you mean to send this money to me? 
And then I was like, here's my email. Hit me up. Nigga hit me up on the email. It was like, oh, my God. I made a mistake. Da, 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 da. If you could please send me the bread back. And I'm like, it's your bread, technically. Like, you got to ask me, please send it back. But. He, it, nah, nah, he probably really thought you was going to like, fuck that, nigga. I'm G, I'm G checking this shit. I mean, listen, I had to fight some demons. I had to, <laughs> I had to listen to certain DMX songs. I've been through mad different phases, like mazes, <laughs> to find my way. But now I know those happy days are not far away. I, had, I really had to fight some demons because I was like, this $1,000 could do some things. <laughs> this $1,000 could do some things. But... And obviously, you know, you. who knows how that would have fucked that person up if they were out on those $1,000 and they thought they sent it to the right person and they did it. So Right, yeah. Now, this is, I'm hoping that that $1,000 gets flipped tenfold and uh, I'm seeing $10,000 miraculously out of nowhere. There, pretty there soon. is a listener somewhere, D-Flow, in the Sahara Desert. Listening to dad hats and bow ties, saying this dumb motherfucker. They could suck my dick. Somebody's (laughs) calling you dumb right now, bro. (laughs) All I'm saying is someone sends me a G in my cash app for audio (laughs) services. It's a blessing, sir. (laughs) I don't know. Especially if it's a number I don't recognize or if it doesn't have like. Because when you send money in cash app, you can say what it's for. So it says audio services and it's coming from. I mean, I get payments all the time on Cash App, but you kind of know where your money is coming from because someone will pay you for a service that you know. Be like, oh, this person is sending money for ah, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's just a G coming in and I wasn't expecting to get that G from anybody in particular, right? God, I was just God doing his work. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I was just God saying, hey, man, you've been working hard, sir, and someone done blessed you because I doubt I would have returned it. I, I would just been like, well, if I was in the reverse, I would want somebody to return it. So it's real um, tough, right there. I, I look at it from that perspective. Yeah, from God, from God a, bless your heart, brother. From a me perspective, it's like, I, you know, what I mean, this is great, but you always got to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And if that nigga spent his last to get this audio set up, and and then the the nigga who put it all together didn't get his bread. And now this nigga don't got the thousand dollars that he thought he did to send to this nigga, and this nigga come to his house wilding because he ain't get his money. I feel like I played a part in that, and I ain't trying to play a part this in that. Nigga, so this nigga said, "Think about being in the next person's shoes, nigga. I don't wear shoes, nigga. I'm a caveman. I'm Give me that done. bread. I'm done. <laughs> I always that's why cash out. So anytime I gotta send money on cash out to anybody, bro, double like, check, super boy. Careful." I always Super put the careful, I always put bro. in the note section who I'm paying to. I always make sure the note section. I'm letting you know what it is. So, I, ladies you know, and gentlemen, if yeah. you are going to send bread on Cash App, be extremely thorough, my nigga. Facts. Double check the fucking number. Look at the picture. Text the person. Look at the tag, you sure this is you? Take Facts. a picture. Send it to them. Like Cash App, not one of them apps that you could play with. And fuck up and be like, oops, let me it go try that ain't again. PayPal ain't no fucking <laughs> refund there, player. Like, that shit gets sent. That shit comes out of your account, sir. That's it. And, and if that person spends it's it, a, it's over. If I would have spent over. that bread, it's, it's over. <laughs> that's it. And you could have been like, well, well, I was expecting that money from somebody. Yeah, so. I, was, I was actually <laughs> expecting that shit. So 
I, I, I'm actually thankful. I'm actually thankful you sent that over, but you know <laughs> <what> I mean? <laughs> Play around, boy. All right, let's get into some shits and giggles. Kanye West made news this week. <laughs> Uh, for this particular clip here, let's play it. Let's say you turned you turned your back on the culture or exactly one hundred percent. I have turned my back on the idea of victimization mentality. We are locked up. We went from one and four. We went from one and four to one and three, but we always pointing at the white people. But yet, we want to spend all of our money on foreigns. We want to spend all our money on luxury as opposed to going and buying some land. You ain't got the answers, man. It's for sale. And there's a lot of barren land. Disney bought a lot of it in Florida. But the culture has you focused so much on fucking somebody, bitch, and pulling up in a foreign and rapping about things that could get you locked up and then saying you about prison reform. Mm. Like, it's... Bro, we brainwashed out here, bro. What do you say to people? <laughs> uh, how, how y'all feeling about this, Kanye? I, when I when when I first heard it, I was like, a lot of that shit. He's telling the truth, especially the the part that really stuck out to me the most. I actually used that as a uh, as an example as. I've been hearing a lot of poets call it. I've been using that as an example, as a lead-in to a poem I wrote on the 10th day of April called, uh, I think I called it Trauma Sex. But uh, that part when he said, you know, but the coach got you focused on fucking somebody, bitch. Yo, I, I don't know how many not rap songs there is where it ain't a line about fucking another nigga, bitch. Or there ain't a line about... uh. Fucking a bitch, hopping in a Rari, or you know what I mean. So it's like, uh, I can't, I can't really blame the label because you got a lot of niggas that's already coming from the street, bringing that shit to the label. You can't really tell a nigga what to. Well, you could tell him what to do and how to do it, but in terms of what the fuck he actually gonna rap about to probably help boost themselves, he gonna talk about that shit even ten times more and. He's going to be thinking or she's going to be thinking, yo, I need to keep doing this because this is actually what's really going to get these fucking people to buy into the brand more and more. I mean, right now, I feel like, in my opinion, hip hop right now today is all like I I think it was back in DMX's day hyper sexualized. But I feel like that is it's right back to where it was. And the people that's. Wearing the 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 what well controlling the strings in terms of the narrative is motherfucking women. Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Big Lotto, Sweetie. The majority of these women's rap career, as it stands, is about fucking niggas getting money and niggas eating pussy. That's where we at. They might talk about land in there like a one liner, or a two liner, a whole record. A project? Only time will tell. I mean that that's yeah. all they know about, bro. That they just rapping. A lot of these, I mean, some of it is is kind of made up, but a, a lot of them are just rapping about their what these. There are dudes out here who really just you know smoke, fuck, and buy jewelry. Right. That that's really that's all these niggas do is in the club. Like they don't. I don't want to say they're ignorant. 
to other things, but at the same time, is that's just the lifestyle they're living. A lot of these dudes ain't thinking, yo, I'm about to go to fucking Wyoming and buy 10 acres of land. A lot of these, most dudes ain't doing that. So you, 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 I, I get what Kanye is saying and what he's saying, but at the same time, they're just not educated enough or not, or haven't gotten the exposure or taught just differently too. And that's my only problem with what he said. You don't turn your back on the culture. Your job is to educate those who you feel are trapped in the system. And that's the <laughs> one, and, and that is where Kanye has fucked up. That is why Kanye is where Kanye is, is because he has, like he said, turned his back on the culture. And... You can't be mad if the culture continues down a certain path if you have isolated yourself from said culture. So if you think these niggas is only brainwashed to worry about foreigns and to worry about uh, Lamborghinis and fucking on somebody else's bitch, one, you were part of, you you were one of the pillars uh, yeah. that set up that Definitely. culture. So Definitely. if you feel like that's where it is now, then you partly have a responsibility to fix it. And you're not going to fix it by coming out with Jesus is King. You're not going to fix nope. it by isolating yourself in Wyoming and saying that you don't want nothing to do with hip hop culture. You are one of the biggest names still to this day, even after all the fuck shit you didn't did in the last three years, even after all the crazy shit you didn't said, niggas still caped for you. Niggas still sat there and made excuses. And so your job in, Hip-hop, at this moment, in my opinion, if you feel that way, is to start reaching out to those that you feel are lost and helping them get on their, get back on, on the right path. If we're trying to make hip-hop a message again, and obviously it doesn't have to all be a bunch of Kendricks and Nipsey's and 444 Jay-Z, music doesn't have to be that. But or hip hop rather doesn't have to be that. But if you feel like we need to start uplifting more of that, you have a whole fucking label, Kanye. Good music. What happened to that? What happened to good music? What happened to your artists on your label that were speaking that shit? What happened to to all of the artists that you were uplifting at one point in time? So part of yeah. me is like, yo, I the messaging is is beautiful. I understand exactly. This is the first time I understood Kanye and where he was coming from in a long time, and I didn't feel like I disagreed. But in the same breath, it's like your methodology, and it's always the methodology with Kanye. It, you got to go about it in a different way. Saying that you turned your back on it, yes, you did. It sounds cool, but when you break it down, it doesn't. Yeah. How about you take yeah. 10 young niggas out to Wyoming and be like, yo, I'm going to give all y'all an acre of land each. Let me Yo. show y'all how you can make some money off this shit. And that's, you Yo. know, that's my problem with Kanye and, and and I can't even say as much Jay because Jay tries to help out in his own Jay way. Jay definitely tries to help as much as possible. But my thing is, if I'm worth $3.2 or $3 billion, now granted that's not liquid cash, but at the end of the day, if I got a, you know, probably close to a billion in liquid liquid cash floating, and I know I got niggas coming up underneath. If I own a label, bro. Maybe it's because of how my mentality is personally, but 
nobody on my label will be struggling, bro. Facts. Everybody would have been. At, I would have been trying. I'm not going to physically just put the money in your hand, but at the same time, I'm going to make sure I give everybody opportunity, the right opportunity right. at that to make way more money because I want to make sure that other legacies are being built as well. You feel me? And at the end of the day, you got artists like Designer right there who's signed to good music and he ain't doing that well right now. Say hi to Prince. Say hi to Prince. You know, Sean, Sean, talented. you know, Sean is doing good. But if you look at how Sean move, how often do you see Sean crediting good music? He credit Def Jam more than he credit good music. Because him and good music ain't in a good space. Tiana Taylor. I was about, exactly. to, say, I was about to say, Big Sean not, is not in a good space with Kanye West. Uh, he's nah, definitely you see him. You see him shouting out Def Jam more. Like, he'll, he'll go straight to Def Jam and deal with Def Jam versus dealing with good music. Because Kanye literally just... Was like, all right, well, I make more money off this fashion shit, so it is what it is with the music. And that's just where he's, his mindset is. And at the end of the day, you get it. You go where the money is coming from. But I'm just saying, like, and I hope, you know, a lot of people, I hope Rihanna is paying attention to this because she's the next mogul being developed. But at the same time, it's just like, don't turn your back on the culture that got you where you are. Yeah. Like, all that you know, other shit sound grounded. cool. Until you put it into that context of, yeah, I turn my back on the culture. I turn my back on this. I turn my back. Yes, you should turn your back on all of those negative things. But one, the culture isn't all negative. And two, it's like, is it really cool to turn your back on this shit? Or should you be trying to figure out how to use your influence to sway it? And that's the problem with Candace Owens, too. I don't, I, You know, no. I don't like talking about her, but... You all she does is point out negative, 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 and that's how I know that you're nothing but a puppet and a caricature because her, you never. Yo, her podcast is going to be very detrimental to the culture, bro. You never, you never offer solutions. She never offers solutions when it comes to black people. It's always just a criticism. This is what black people glorify. This is what black people this. This is what black people that. Well, what are your solutions? Go to the Republican Party. That's your. That's your solution. Get that's the fuck up out of here. <laughs> Become conservative. Think, That's your solution. And suck a dick. I, I just don't... I don't like that mentality that a lot of people be like, oh, black people this, black people that, in terms of the negative stereotypes they're paying on us. But at the end of the day, if you've never experienced wealth or having some sort of riches in your life and you get the opportunity to finally get those things, you are going to splurge a little. You're going to ball out. And if all you know is yeah, chains, yeah, like, vehicles... And and impressing women at a club, guess what you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, even if that's not all you know, bro. If I've never driven a Range Rover before, and I finally get to sit in that bitch, and it's mighty fucking comfortable, it has all the gadgets that I want. I'm going to buy a Range Rover if I could afford it. If I've never been given that luxury, I've never had the opportunity to sit in that luxury before. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm agreeing lived- with you. I'm saying what I mean by all you know is. If all that's talked about in the hood, when you are in the hood is, yo, you got to get you a fucking Lamborghini. That shit go. Yo, get you a diamond Cuban link chain. That shit lit. Yo, go to the club and pop bottles. If you, if you ever make it, if I ever make it, I'm popping bottles. Once you actually get in a position where you get that money, even when niggas get, even when you get into the, just the next bracket, 
if you was making 30K and now you're making 50K, you going to try and get you a nice little Gucci something the first time you got a little extra cash on you? You go from 50 to 70. You sitting there like, right, let me give me a little Cuban. Hey, bust a little Cuban link real quick. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, you're going to splurge. You're going to, yeah, I mean, everybody wants the finer things in life. And this is just the reality about it. If if and it, it's it's sad that growing up, you know, in the hood for a lot of people, you know, buying the luxury things is what we classify as, you know, being you got it. But at the end of the day, you you're going your tax like you said your tax bracket changed. You ain't going where if I'm making two three hundred thousand dollars and I used to make fifty or forty, and now I'm making six figures a year. And then I go, I'm going to be, I'm going to I'm going to give you once, I'm going to talk about myself personally. I'm, are we going to just talk about underwear for a hot second? You used to buying Hanes. The first time you get some Ithaca or you wear some good old Calvin Klein, some nice suede joint, it feels different. It, it, it holds your balls feels, different. It, 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 it grips different. the booty different. <laughs> it just feels different. You don't sweat the same in it. Everything feels different. After that, you don't look at your Hanes drawers the same no more. You gonna go spend that twenty dollars to get them two pairs, them two fucking boxer brief, because you're gonna be like, yo, when I put this shit on, it just feels different. It's different. It, it, it just it's a different feel on the skin. You feel me? And this is just the, this is just simple facts. You ain't you ain't never wear some cashmere socks before, and you put on some cashmere socks and it tickles your toes the right way. You ain't buying the Foot Locker socks no more, fam. This is just Wait. simple. It's just as simple as that. You feel me? This, this is just the reality of it. You feel you me? Pop like, bottles that one time at the club, and you see all the attention you get from the all bottle the girls you get? and the strippers. What? And this the women. one shorty you've been you imagine you dogging this one shorty out <clears throat> for six weeks. You follow her on the gram. And you go to the club that one night and you buy a bottle and she comes to be like, hey cutie, and she rubs the middle of your chest <laughs> and tell you you smell nice. Every time you go to the club, player player, you buying that bottle. Early. Because you you hoping that one of these nights she's gonna be like, What you doing after this? Clean. So we got to be realistic, son. Like, this is just the simple things. You ain't never ate scrimp like that before, but you know you like some seafood and you're finally able to afford the scrimp. Nigga, you getting the scrimp. I was just thinking as D-Flow was talking, just to interject a little bit, this is not to justify what the fuck I was talking about earlier for the all-man. I was literally speaking in codes. But (laughs) what I will say is that when you get into a certain type of bracket of life, success, money, resources, opportunities, luxuries that you've never been into, this is my theory. This is just my theory based on me. I considered and have always considered myself a very extra person, not just extra in outlandishly saying wild shit. No, extra in how I dress. I've always taken how I dressed very seriously. As the years have progressed, as I have gotten older, I would like to believe I've not only dressed better, I am dressing with a bigger purpose than just trying to dress better. 
I'm just trying to dress the best version of Distinguish ever. Perfect way to say it. I look at how I perceive elevation for myself. I need everything around me to look like it fucking elevated. So when you see niggas posting and niggas hitting me in the inbox talking about you always on a on a fucking flight every time I see you, goddamn right, nigga, I'm on every fucking flight. You don't know my, you don't know what the fuck I've been through, man. You don't know what I've been through to get to where I'm at. Nigga, you don't even know where the fuck I'm at. And that's the sad part. So before I tell you what the fuck I'm doing and where I'm at and how I got here, nigga, catch these flights of me chilling on an airplane going somewhere. Nigga, catch these flights of me playing with the girl somewhere in the pool that you've been trying to holler at for three years. Nigga, catch that. I'm flexing a little bit, yes. Not going to hold you, not going to lie. A little clout, yeah. It feels good a little bit, finally. I ain't got to keep talking about the struggle. Like, damn, a nigga lost his job. Damn, a nigga girl broke up with him. You're not going to be hearing that bullshit no more from me, nigga. I promise you. I promise you. Want to know why? Because things is better and life is good. Kanye West voice, nigga, 2005. T-Pain on the hook. That's what's happening, my nigga. So I love when people are like, damn, like, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm doing your thing. And you know in the back of your mind, brothers, niggas is really not happy and proud of you doing your thing. So catch That's these photos fact. and these videos, my nigga. Catch these, photo, catch these photos, these videos, me smiling. Catch these poems about me talking about how happy I am. Because, nigga, I'm really fucking happy. Believe that. It's real shit. Boss, my thing. Uh, Newsweek... According to them, 46% of the people want to see The Rock as the president. Um, one, how do y'all feel about that first before we even get into these? I mean, interesting. Nigga, um, in the words of Kanye West, whoever think their words affect me is too stupid. And if you could do it better than me, then you do it. Are we going to start seeing this be a, a a consistent thing? Celebrities entering into political races. I don't know if The Rock is or isn't. He keeps saying he's just humble, um, that people have that um, on their mind. And if, if it ends up that way, then so be it. Which to me tells me that he is 100% he's considering, considering doing it. He just doesn't want to turn himself into a, a fool or a jackass. So he's not going to do it prematurely. He's going to wait till there's either a field that's weak enough or a field or he's either going to put out enough political clout that puts him in a position where he's actually considered a contender. But is this the new wave? Celebrities in politics. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it. Donald Trump made made it so that it seems more like a popularity contest. I mean, you know, it's been done in the past. Obviously, you know, Ronald Reagan was an actor. So, um, you had Kanye West in this election, and then Kanye West in this election, and I think The Rock is is a bit more is, I would say, a bit more popular than Kanye. So, um, Facts. yeah, it it's it's a it's an interesting thing, but. You know, I think it's going to be a reality. I mean, politics people people are going to gravitate to whoever they feel is is genuine, 
and have their interests best at hand. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be a reality as we move moving forward. And I think the other political parties are going to take advantage of that because it's easier. We do live in an era of clout, so it's easier to bring in someone who's already famous that could just push the agenda that they want to push and, you know, do it from there. Name he just got to be the face of it. Now, that doesn't mean he's the one making the, policy, the policies and shit. So he just got to be the face of it. Yeah, that name recognition. I think, I think as Americans, we are at a turning point in our politics where as the common person, you need to be smart about what is going on in the political arena. You can no longer just wait until whatever election, the 2024 election, 2028 election, and show up. You need to actively, weekly know what's happening in today's politics. Because as Flo, as you just said, it is going to, we always talk about agendas and stuff. It will start to become a political agenda, I feel like, where they start to take the person who has crazy name recognition, put them at the forefront of a ticket, and then people are doing whatever policy they want in the background. And and that seems to be where we are going. That's what happened with Donald Trump. He had the name recognition uh, that I guess people just flocked to him. And he became the president. And then a whole bunch of policies was going on. Luckily, because he was just such a douche and he kept putting the spotlight <laughs> yeah. on himself, every policy that he did was put to the forefront as soon as he did it. But you get a savvy person like The Rock. Let's say The Rock becomes Republican and, and decides he wants to rock with that agenda. Niggas is going to give The Rock the benefit of the doubt to some extent. There's going to be a large part of the country that's going to be like, that's The Rock, though. Like, he got to know what he's doing. Like, he he didn't join that party for X, Y, and Z. And there'll be a whole bunch of policies that this nigga ain't, don't even know about. Don't even. And he's an actor, bro. He's great at reciting lines. That's all I'm going to say. He, he could get that script and read it with a tear in his eye. And vice versa, and Democratic, sit- whatever you you know, whatever you want to affiliate. Yeah, whatever, with. whatever party he want to, whatever party he wants to swing to. But I'm just saying, like, he's that's a dangerous game. You have a genuine actor up there who will tell you like it is, and that's just a rehearsal. Mm. That was a rehearsed line, sir, and that shit will hurt your heart. Like you'll be like, damn, that nigga really be for us, and just all he's up there doing is reciting <laughs> lines. Like, yo, that would be dangerous. That is dangerous. What do y'all think uh, makes people vote for celebrities? I think a part of it is just you you feel you you know them because you've been either following their career Mm. or, you know, you've been, you feel like you're, you're able to connect with them because you feel like at that point, they're doing it for a greater purpose. And obviously it's not about the money. So, you know, they're not really there. Like if the rock goes up to be a pre to be president, we know he ain't doing it to make some money. Or at least you would hope he ain't doing it from, to make some money. But we said yeah. the same thing about Trump. And <laughs> if, if y'all think Trump ain't come up off this presidency, <laughs> well, <laughs> wasn't paying attention. Yes. <laughs> you ain't paying attention. So you would hope that it ain't that, but 
I think people just go for what I mean. We we've seen that people get attached to celebrities and they go with who they favor. You know, and the more genuine they seem, the more they're able to captivate and bring in more people to for the, for whatever cause they're fighting for. So, yeah, I think that's just going to be the way, especially as we grow further and people are brainwashed by social media. Yeah. And social media can really dictate what people view and how they perceive things. That's why I keep telling everybody, you got to smarten up. You got to vet your sources. You got to look at three different fucking sites to make sure that this shit is really what it is. Um, I, yeah. I, I, oh, I encourage everybody. I don't want anybody to be a sheep, but there's sheeps on both sides of it. There's fake woke sheeps <laughs> and there's sheeps that just follow whatever governmental agenda that is out there without doing any type of research, without looking into it, without seeing if it makes sense or not. You know, right. there's sheep on both sides. Just because you think you got the, the counter viewpoint don't mean you're not a sheep. There's people out here getting a come up off of you thinking that you're woke because they provided you with some bullshit article. And the funny part to me is some of these conspiracies that are tailored to black people were created by white people. And these black people don't know it. And I Mm. need people to think about that. Think about what I just said. Some of these big, big conspiracies that have been tailored to black people were created by white people. I need us to think about that for a second. Um, what we don't need to think about, but we need to comment on is this. White boy summer. Got your favorite Instagram, bitch. DM in her number. Woo. Hit the strip club, I might thunder. Woo. She let me beat it, I'm a white boy wonder. Uh, uh. Hot boy, white boy summer. Got your favorite Instagram. Um, how, y- <laughs> how y'all feeling about Chet Hanks and his uh, white boy summer that he's promising? Uh, I told you that when the rec when I heard the record, not only did the shit slaps, bro, he sound like he fit in like the niggas already at the barbecue, bro, bro. He's a he, and, and to be honest, we've seen this before. <laughs> okay, we've seen this. This is nothing new, you know. Shout out to Asher Roth, you know, R.I.P. Fucking Mac Miller. We've seen this before. However, this gentleman is letting you know. I have the body. I indirectly have the lyrics. And I got the bitches. He's letting you know off rip the energy that he's trying to give niggas. And I think he's going to be successful this white boy summer. Who sings that again? This is Chet Hanks. Tom Hanks' son. <clears throat> who was doing the Tom Patois Hanks. voice. Uh, All I'm going to say is... You know, I ain't even going to say it on the podcast. It's going to be a white boy summer. It's going to be a white well, boy summer. I have a problem with it. I have a problem with it. I'll I, be the I, one to I, say I, it. I, don't, I didn't want to make it that way, but, you know, it. they really coming to jack our shit. Like, it's yeah. so. It's funny. <laughs> it's kind of interesting and I and I know it it's 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 going to come off like we're 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 being biased a little bit, but or maybe making a silly like, moment yeah. uh uh too too uh like real like maybe we're we're taking it too seriously but I do have a problem with it. Not I nah, like, you you can't say it's gonna be a white boy song, but your whole swag and your demeanor of who you're about is about our culture. 
how you going to jack our culture and then turn around and say that you've mastered our culture enough to then, you know, profit? The white boys is going to infiltrate the hip hop. Because basically that's what you're talking about. You're talking about white boys uh, infiltrating the cool of blackness and hip hop and taking it over and being at the top this summer. And I'm assuming... To some extent, you're basically saying that you're going to be taking all the black queens from black men. And and us as black men don't got to say in it. That's not really where he, my he, problem lies, although I have a problem with that as well. But he might be successful in that, though. Maybe he will be. I mean, to to each his own. But my problem with it is, like you said, Distinguished, we've seen this before. We've seen a, a white boy or white person come into black or hip-hop culture and be silly and goofy and look like they understand to some extent, um, but really and truly is ignorance, right? He came into the culture doing something ignorant. He came into the culture doing the patois. And we laughed at it because he did it damn well, but at the same time, it was ignorant because as a white person, you shouldn't be trying to appropriate or or uh, mock somebody's accent or whatever have you, right? So we we let him slide with it. He has this whole situation now with his black girlfriend and him and there being some type of violence where she hit him with a pot. Uh, she's claiming that he was somewhat uh, abusive. I'm not I'm not caping for either side of that those stories, but you have that out there. And now you come out with, he said it once, he said it as a, a, a Instagram post, oh, it's about to be a white boy summer. And now you made a song, it's about to be a white boy summer. And it's funny, and I get it, it's, it's shits and giggles, and you're in a sense saying that you're down with us, but you're not down because you're too ignorant to the culture to really be down. What have you done? I haven't heard a statement about none of these shootings from Chet Hanks. I haven't heard nothing about the George Floyd case from Chet Hanks. You only, this is the proverbial story that we keep telling of the white person that only wants to be around when it's fun and cool, but not saying or doing shit when it's time to be black. Are you going to be in the front lines regarding uh, this latest shooting that just happened? Uh, like, like, R.I.P. Dante, right? But are you going to be in the front lines about that? No. You out here doing videos talking about it's about to be a white boy summer. And mm. it's cool. Whatever. You but I it just have been a problem with it. If he just said hot boy summer, son. It, it would have nah. if he had said hot boy summer, I would have been kind of cool with it because it's generalized. You feel me? Like, all right, we could all get down with being a hot boy, but a white boy it's about to be a white boy summer, son, like what what the fuck does that mean? You about to be privileged and have money this summer? That's what you're saying. <laughs> like what what the fuck is we talking about right now? Like, I don't know what it is to be to have a hot a white boy summer playboy. So all you that sounds just, like to me is is the white boys is coming to take your black women. That's what it sounds like to facts. me. Because that's what he's alluding to with oh it's about to be a white boy summer. It's about to be all about the white boys this summer. Oh, I don't know, Interesting. man. I'm I'm about to <laughs> yeah. I'm about to have a whole different perspective on the show for the first time in a long time. Yo, I don't even yo, I don't even think it's that deep. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. 
I don't even think it's that deep. Coming from me, I don't. I think the niggas looking at it like, I think the crackers looking at it like, yo, I'm about to jump on a wave. I'm about to use uh, this thing that was started by officially by Meg the Stallion. Really, it, that that's, that's really her shit. Um, and I'ma make it my own thing. You know, the summer is 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 upon us. I'm white. I think I look good. Girls tell me I look good. You motherfuckers know who my father's name is. Shit, I could have just named myself Hank. You would have got the picture. Um, I'm in the culture. You know, I dress like you guys. I talk like but, you guys. But he's I'm not in the culture. The women. Well, not, in, not the culture. in the culture in the sense like that. But he's like, yo, like, I'm basically telling myself I'm a rapper. So I, 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 I kind of got a foot in the door. I'm rapping on a beat. And... The producer said I sound pretty fire with it. Let's make a video. Let's get some chicks in it. And let's see what the fuck happens. It's gonna it's gonna be polarizing. It's gonna be polarizing. People are gonna fuck with it. People are not gonna fuck with it. I don't I think I'm, he knows what he's doing though. I don't think I don't care about what he's thinking. Because I don't I don't think, like you said, I don't think he's he's thinking that deep. I don't think he nah. sat there and thought about all of the things that me and Flo just said. But that's the problem. That's where I have an issue with it is because, again, you can come into our culture as a playground, have your little fun and then step out of it whenever you you ready. This is the same shit that Miley Cyrus did and we killed her for that. This is the same shit that niggas was trying to kill Justin Bieber about. So it's like you're not getting no pass because you've been claiming that you you love Jamaican culture and you love black people. And this, that, and the third. Show me. Show me that you love them. And don't show me by by only participating in the fun parts of our culture. The the fun parts of being black. And and then, again, the only meaning behind it's about to be a white boy summer is basically saying, as a white boy, I'm going to come and take everything black and make it mine. And it's just like, um... Is that really the message that we wanna we wanna be throwing out there at this point that's in time? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't think that's that I don't think that's not cool, bro. It's it's really not cool, bro. Cause if if we had made a song saying it's about to be a black boy summer, I guarantee you it would have t- been taken horribly out of context. It had nothing but white women in the video? That's what I'm saying. It'd have been like what? Like it, there's no way for you to go around. And I and, and I get what you're saying. Distinguished. I'm pretty sure he made the song with no real intention for it to be that way. But there's a white boy that will take it that, that way. It's a white boy, exactly. He could have just said it's about to be a hot boy summer, and it would have been so much more different. And throw he some white make a statement. Throw some white boy lines in there. I'd be off, I'd be fine with the white boy lines. Like, I'd have been I'm, cool with that because I could have. It, it's generalized. You feel me? When he when he specifically say a white boy summer, ain't nothing about that cool with me. Because Megan, Megan ain't Megan said hot girl. Like it, it's a hot girl summer. It's generalized. Anybody could have a hot girl summer. You feel me? Just like anybody could have a hot boy summer. You feel me? If you if you out here and you doing what you do, is you how you having a hot boy summer? You having a hot boy summer? I don't know what white boy summer looks like 
I don't all, know what that feels like. All that sounds all I like know, a bunch of rich white boys running around trying to fuck some black girls. All I know possibly, is, possibly is nobody better say nothing. Who whoever is supporting this John, and I'm not saying I I fuck with Chad. I think he could. I think he's a cool white boy. I do, but I think that he's ignorant, and and I mean that comes with the territory. Unfortunately, of <laughs> being white in today's day and age. But I think that nobody better be offended when he gets caught saying and doing some other shit that is ignorant to our culture. Because it was very mixed when he did the Patois bullshit. And now we we understand, we're understanding this white boy summer to be a joke. So we're kind of giving it a pass. I've seen a lot of people in Shade Room laughing about it, joking about it, not really taking offense. I'm not taking offense either. I just feel like we're playing a little bit of a line here where it's like, yeah, it can be fun and jovial, but at the same time, what really is the message? Like Flo said, I don't know what you mean by it's about to be a white boy summer. What do you mean? Because what I am getting from it is I'm about to come to all the black functions, be the cool white boy, and take all the black women. And I don't know what message that is supposed to be sending. this This is actually a very interesting... I think, I think I'm going to have to use this as an example, poets, and write about it for Poetry Month. It's, it's By default, it's going to be controversial because I'm going to have to put my mind inside of a mind of a white boy. And I'm going to have to probably talk to some of my white friends. I have, have casual conversation with them to see what they really think about what it is I'm really going to talk about. But what I will say for the podcast is just imagine, fellas... A white, privileged boy growing up in Silicon Valley. Dad is a motherfucking megastar, not superstar, ladies and gentlemen. Ho, ho, ho. We're talking about fucking Tom Hanks, motherfucker. Castaway. Okay? Okay? We're talking about that guy. Remember. We're talking about Forrest Gump. Okay? We're talking about him. Um, And life's good. You got it made. You never ever have to worry about shit ever and then you listen to your first hip-hop record you're like dad what the fuck is this oh it's just a bunch of you know people talking about a lot of you don't want to listen to that and because your dad said you don't listen to that you want to listen to the shit more so then you start to sneak and listen to shit on youtube you start to sneak listen to shit on itunes like i fuck with this like i I like this and then you get older just gonna say i don't know if that's I don't know if that's how it went down. Then, <laughs> Tom Hanks might go, be all for him listening to rap. Then, Just putting then that disclaimer you go out there. To your first party with nothing but black people. Your first party. And this shit, this shit gets you fucking a wetter than a motherfucking day in June from a sun shower. You're like, oh my God. Oh my God. All these fucking black people. But you're really talking about the black women. Oh my God, look at these black asses. Oh my God, it's fat. Shit, juicy. And you get turned out from watching this. And then you get your first black girlfriend. Oh, my fucking God. Jesus came back and gave me a fucking black Delilah. And now you get to the part with your girl where you fuck. Now, here's where it's about to get spooky, ladies and gentlemen. I said all that to set it up for this. You fuck this black woman as a white boy. And a part of you... This could be a stretch. 
feels like, yo, I got a piece of the black community because I fucked some black pussy. And because I had sex with a black girl, because we're going to say consent, she said, yo, it's, you know, I'm feeling you. We feeling each other. Let's do it. You say to yourself now, you know what? I really want to know more about her culture through the lens of how I had sex with her. So hip hop to you at this point, this shit is an experiment. Where she dresses, how she talks, her cadence, her accent, all of that, you start to pick up on it. After a while, you start to talk like this girl that you had sex with. You start to hang around black people more. You start to go where they go. You start to go to the black barbershop. You stop going to Danny's on the corner. You start going to Malcolm up the block. And after a while, deep down inside, you actually think you're black. And that's the place that we're getting to with some, not all white people. We, as a black community, as a hip-hop community, in a lot of ways where we probably should have been, been like, no, D-Flow, we've been accepting. I'm just going to say this, bro. We've been, we, 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 we've been coddling. It's okay if you don't say certain shit. It's okay if you stay away from the N-word. Yes, you're invited to the barbecue, but that's my sister over there. Chill. You cool, though, Fred. Fred, you cool. But then we just got little shit that we say, nah, you can't do or you can't say or you can't wear that. But we still invite niggas around us. We shit, We got white boys that we call our nigga. Let's keep it 100, hip-hop. Let's, let's, let's keep it 100. We also got to think about it like this, bro. There's quite a bit of them, and I mean quite a bit. That I've never been to that barbecue, bro. That I've never slapped them black cheeks, bro. Okay. That I never, that I ain't never got them out. That I ain't never got their hair cut by Dwayne at the barbershop. Okay. A lot of them, bro. They just been listening to Little Baby, bro. They okay. just been listening to these records on the radio, bro. They got it on their Spotify playlist, bro. They ain't never been in the hood, bro. They don't know what a project look like, bro. And they if they did they, visit they, the hood, they scared as a motherfucker. They scared as a motherfucker, bro. They drove through that shit, son. Like They skimmed through it. They don't got no black friends, bro. A lot of these niggas is pretending, bro. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Quite a bit of them. Because I don't... I've, I'm just saying, like, I know white people. I ain't know much white people in the hood, though. I've met you a right? lot of white people in my professional career. <laughs> I ain't know much white dudes getting their hair cut at my barbershop, oh, though. I only know two white dudes personally that actually, one of them really be on some hood shit. I just be like, damn, bro, you. Hey, that's you a dime hood, a dozen, more, you, bro. Yeah, I'm like, you more hood than some of my black friends. <laughs> those crazy. are a dime a dozen. You, you meet a few of those, but. Yeah. There's a lot of these white boys out here rapping their ass off. And they never been to the hood, bro. 26 tattoos on their face. I'm just saying. <laughs> they ain't never been to the hood, bro. These things ain't even had some fucking chicken and broccoli with white rice, bro. They ain't never had four chicken wings and french fries with barbecue sauce and ketchup, bro. These niggas don't know shit. 
All I'm saying. They ain't never had chopped cheese from the Ock, bro. They don't know nothing, son. Bro, all I'm saying, my beautiful (laughs) black brother, is this is polarizing. Like I said, this, you know, this is polarizing. It's interesting, man. At the end of the day, please, to to our, our listeners who are Caucasian, it's all love. But we're just saying there's a lot of people who appropriate our culture but don't know nothing about it. Never and, experienced it, never lived a day in it. And don't want to fucking do nothing when shit go crazy. That, exactly. Like, that's the, like, listen, I want. I understand, I love, and I think it's great when other people come into uh, our culture. I can't speak for other cultures, so let me just talk about our culture. There's just a proper way to do it. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a right way. And there's a wrong way. And oftentimes, and I think part of what distinguishes message is, is also that as hip hop culture, we have to we have to bear some of the burden because we accept so many different people, regardless of X, Y and Z. And so when they come into the culture a little ignorant and we don't check them, they stay ignorant. And so when they do some more ignorant shit and we don't check them because, oh, that's the cool white boy at the party. They stay ignorant. And my only message is we can't keep letting people do ignorant shit with our culture. We can't keep letting them perpetuate certain messages and they see it as fun and games and it's just silly. And I see it as that too. But on the flip side, I also can see it from a whole nother lens. You telling us it's a white boy summer is... It, it sounds antagonizing to a black to me as a black man. It sounds like you're trying to tell me I'm coming for your women, which that which, women are not objects. Like, let's just get that straight. Like, but it sounds like you you're you're on that type of time where it's like, yo, yeah, as the again the smooth white boy, I'm coming through, and it's time for me to. You know what I mean? See what y'all women is about because I got your culture on lock. And because I know how to talk like y'all, I know how to dress like y'all, I know how to walk like y'all. And because I'm white, I have the advantage here, black boy. So move over this summer for the white boy summer. Mm. And and it's, it's jokey. It's funny. It's silly. We know that our black queens... Ain't going to just be like, oh, I'm going to the white ivory man. There are some of them that will. But we know that that's not like the the mindset of where the culture seems to be going. Well, we know one queen, my nigga, is going to be very happy for white boy summer. She will remain nameless. <laughs> nigga, you know who I'm talking about. She will be very happy. She oh. posts like a motherfucker about these niggas all day. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is her time. This oh. is her time. Let's see what let's see what this uh white boy summer look like. Um now, I've been thinking about this question all week, bro, and I wanted to get a young lady on the phone to talk about this with us, but we'll get them on on another time. I just want this to be a nigga moment for a second. Okay. Is there a benefit for men when you first start dating a woman? What is the benefits to dating a young lady. The reason why this came to mind for me. This is about to get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to get crazy, bro. The reason why is because I've been thinking about like all the times I've been on first dates with women. Mm. And 
I can count. I can count off the the benefits I feel like young women get when they go on dates, right? You can go to your favorite spot for free, right? Because you you may tell a dude may be like, "Yo, I want to take you out," and you might be like, "Oh, I've always wanted to go X, Y, and Z." So you go to your free your your your, your favorite spot or a spot you want to go to for free. You get your meal paid for if you go going to dinner or whatever. So you're getting a free meal out of going on a date. Um, you're also getting the the mutual things that both parties are getting, which is to get to know each other, uh, potentially spark a romance, uh, and so forth and so forth. But as the man who oftentimes is providing the experience, what are the immediate benefits you get from taking somebody on a date? I'm going to let the godfather in the room go first. Uh, D-Flow Productions. Oh, I ain't been on no first date, bro. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just talking about <laughs> you as in prior to getting married, sir. <laughs> I ain't your, even been your, on no your, first dates, your... bro. <laughs> I, was, I ain't been on no first dates, bro. <laughs> Well, no well in general, it's happening over here. In general, in general, brother. What do you think general, men get from hypothetical, go, hypothetical. from taking a, a a woman on on a date? What are the hypothetically, benefits? Hypothetically, <laughs> you know, hypothetically. <laughs> I like how you say that. Hypothetically, that's actually a great word. Hypothetically, did you come up with that yourself? Because I, I ain't, you, I ain't never been on, I ain't never been on no first dates. So I'm just saying. Okay. Well, niggas, not not even you, just niggas in general. Yeah, yeah, men in men in general. So yeah, let me let me generalize real quick. So yeah, I think there's no real benefit besides getting access to information. <laughs> That's all you get, bro. <laughs> access to fucking information. That's all you get on that first date. unless you're real suave and you can really, you know, you can really finesse it that to the point where you might you might get something a bit more. But besides that, besides information and the potential of having a decent time, because you're never really having a great time when you're spending money on a person you don't really know. I'm just saying that. Y'all might feel different, but I'm just saying that. (laughs) Not a great time, just a decent time. Decent time. Decent enough that you're content because you'd be like, yeah, I've I've been wanting to take shorty out. But besides the fact of gathering information, that's it. There's no, there's no real benefit to a first date. And that's just that. Distinguish before you, before I go. What, what do you, what do you feel? That, that is, that is very interesting. D flow. I'm just gonna add on to the layers. Um. I hold, think hold the, the fuck act- up, bro. Before, before, nah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold hold the fuck up. Beyond the fucking information, what else are you actually getting from the first date? Be, be realistic. Be I knew very, this shit was gonna be bad. XAB. Be very realistic, bro. Gonna be bad. Beyond the information, gonna be very bad. And the potential of some pussy. What are you actually? Oh, but but even the potential coming. of pussy. That's not. I knew that was coming. It's not even on the. It's not really on the table. And I'm gonna say why. Because <laughs> oh god, default Jesus. One, you're not supposed to be expecting that on a date, especially not a first date. Even better. So, so beyond 
the gathering <laughs> in for fucking making hype. What Get else are you getting? Get this nigga a towel. <laughs> am I bullshitting or not? Listen, I just want to know what this nigga. This nigga sound like he got something he gonna add to the he gonna add to the pot. So I'm curious to see what distinguished yeah, guy. My, my my fault, bro. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Continue what you're gonna say. Oh man, uh, j- just to add to what the good uh, brother D Flow has said. I think there's a lot of superficial and external factors we need to add that contribute to the decline in what men, the average man, cannot benefit from the first date. Number one, I really feel like if you weren't already having this conversation, I feel like at some point it's going to get brought up, um, especially leading up to the first date. Number one which I feel like is always probably going to be number one for most women. How tall are you can probably get you in places. Most niggas that's about five, seven, five, eight, five, nine, probably not going to get to on the first date. Your height is probably going to play a significant factor in how that date goes. Two, I think where you take them, whether it's a place that they always wanted to go and the other side of that, where they wanted to go, if it's a good restaurant, how much money is being spent on the first date? Now, I'm not saying every woman that goes on a first date is None a gold None of this digger. sounds like a benefit to a nigga. I'm <laughs> right. I'm right. I'm waiting, or, right, I'm right. waiting it, for the additional benefit. Right. No, no, no. I'm not saying there's additional information benefit. Right I'm now. saying that it's there all- is... There is contributing factors to the lack of the benefits from a man. That's what I'm adding to, my nigga. No benefits here, bro. Number three, okay? We are two for two, my guy. We're two for two. And there is no guys in the motherfucking pen right now, nigga. All bases are filled, okay? All bases are filled. We're in the ninth inning. We're in the ninth inning. All right, so here we go. The final piece to this shit. The final piece no, to this. I really gotta see if I can get a girl on the phone. With information is <laughs> the home run. That, that's all, that's all we get to. Information <laughs> is the home run. All right. All right. <laughs> well, just this to bring it looking, home. Why we all feel like this? See, this is the shit women don't want us to talk about. But this is the reality of the situation. And this don't make nobody <laughs> here brokey. I don't want to hear that bullshit nowhere. It oh, is yeah, not about being a brokey. If y'all this niggas is the reality. knew the bag got blue in, if y'all niggas knew the bag got blue Bro, in Vegas, nigga. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying, talk about it. these shorties get a full stomach and a night out, and all we get is information. I don't know how these things balance out. You we got to like, we got to pick them up or send the Uber, because you a broke nigga if you don't do one of those. We gotta yo, we gotta take them to whatever damn. restaurant that either they want to go to or a restaurant that we think is nice. You can't take them. To no chain restaurant, no Outback, no no Red Lobster, no none of that, no but no why, Olive but Garden. Wait. But fellas, oh, I mean, nah, shit, we, you 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 doing too much for information. <laughs> I, I ain't doing. I'm all just that saying these are the rules of the but, game, bro. But wait, these are the rules of the why, game. Why is there so much pressure? You from, bro? <laughs> why is there so much pressure Your on the first and fucking my date? Though. Is different. Huh? <laughs> Why is, why is there so much pressure on the first date? The fucking first date? Because why is there so much pressure? It, because there's this idea, and I know half our women listeners about to leave on this episode, but listen, we'll get back to y'all, I promise. There's this idea that the whole 
purpose of the first date, one, the man is pursuing the woman and the man is impressing the woman. I have to impress you on this first date that we go out or these first couple of dates. I have to impress you and show you what I'm about. Now, to me, the most impressive thing I can do on the date is show you that you like me. Do things that are going to allow you to see me in a light that allows you to say, oh, I like this guy and I actually like spending time with him and vice versa. I can superficially take you out to whatever expensive restaurant. I can take you to whatever place. Now, taking somebody to a place that might open the both of us up, I'm all for it. You want to go bowling? Let's go bowling. That's a real date to me. Let's go bowling. Me taking you to dinner is maybe a plus to us going on an outing. Uh, because dinner is a, to- a talking time, but that's still one of those times where unless you, you've already broke the ice, it's either going to be really mm-hmm. awkward or you're going to be just figuring each other out and it might get to a dope spot, it might not, whatever, cool. But the outing typically is the thing that breaks the ice and you get to see people in different lights and understand right. like who they are, what they're about, whatever. But through this entire experience... It's mainly on the guy to make the impression. And I'm just coming to the conclusion that I don't really know. Me personally, me, this guy. Somebody may be able to come and correct us. But I don't Obviously really know. we in the same basket, bro, because this guy over here don't know either. <laughs> I don't really know what the other benefit is. This person is getting gifted the entire time. You might even go out your way and get them some flowers. You might even go out your way and get them another type of gift to show them a a, a sense of appreciation. And I'm not knocking any of it because obviously we all participate in this experiment of dating. (laughs) You're done. You're out of it. But at some point, (laughs) at some point, this was part of all of our lives. I'm just saying... What is the benefit? And I, I already know some women are going to say the benefit is that they are the catch. And that's, it's the, that's some mind fuck shit to me, bro. That ain't, niggas, that ain't real. Niggas is the catch too in 2020. Yo, I was fucking talking to somebody the other day and we was talking about tables and I was like, fuck a table, bitch. I'm the manufacturing company. You want to talk about a table? Let's fucking make a table. You want to make tables? And she was like, why, why would you say that? And I said, why would you say you're the table? Based on what? Based on, based on failed relationships with other niggas? So because of the success rate of how those failed, now you the fucking table? Because you was the breadwinner? For real? I'm, I'm just going to say this, bro. <laughs> niggas is confused. Society is a, it's interesting that women want us to change the roles in society as to how their roles are being perceived but we're still stuck in the same fucking role being the pursuer um i'm i've been saying it for a couple of shows they want things to change they want us to view things differently but we still stuck in the role we gotta be in we still gotta be the pursuer we still gotta be the provider we still gotta be this we still gotta be that but they aren't obligated or they're not supposed to do the things that society has put them in the role to do at the same time is like you can't but society doesn't even have a role when it comes to to dating bro that's the crazy part society doesn't even have a role when it comes to dating 
It's all on the nigga. It's all on the nigga, bro. We got to do everything, bro. And all we get is fucking information, bro. That's what I've been saying, son. Now, in the olden times, it makes sense, right? Because, again, if we're going back to, at least in America, if we're going back to the times where women couldn't own property, and uh, I'm not, again, because I know some women be like, oh, look at y'all niggas. I'm not putting it on women because at the end of the day, this is the fault of patriarchy. This is back in the day where women couldn't own any property. Right. Women had to marry into their husband's household in order to get any type of status or to have access to money and things of that nature. So in the olden times, that makes sense. Right. If I'm a man, I need to show you that I could provide for you. I need to show you right. that I can take care of you if you are to marry into this family um, that we are going to create and make in X, Y and Z in 2021. Mm-hmm. This is nothing but a tradition that really don't make sense for niggas. <laughs> nah, we're on the no. losing end of no. this tradition, bro. It, it's and, and, and don't get me wrong, like, and we gotta clarify: there are women out there who are bold and will and take a nigga out on a date. Step, yes, would take a nigga out or will be like, Definitely. yo, like, I've been feeling you too. We should go out. And Absolutely. shout out to the niggas that out, have benefited you know, from that thoroughly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely and and, and yeah. for the slim for the very slim the very 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 slim the minute set of niggas right. <laughs> who I, I got some experience these me. i'm just taking it off yeah <laughs> where's my paper son? <laughs> i don't know where it's at right now i don't know where it's at <laughs> but for sure i, I mean find it. I've, I've definitely had you know what i mean young women who who have taken me out or whatever and it's a great thing it's a beautiful thing and you get a thousand brownie points for it but on the average everyday basis, it's a there's this interesting dy- battle, dynamic that we have to face. It's and slow, I really it's quiet for that. I really I've been contemplating. I've been like, yo, in the dating process, when you meet someone new as a man, what are the benefits? And the only thing that comes up to circle back to a point that was made earlier. And I don't, I don't agree with this, but the only benefit that most men look for is maybe this date will lead to me fucking tonight. That is it. And that is the majority, like maybe 90%. And that's a, that's, reality. that's terrible. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's, that, 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 that's kind of wild. The flow though. That ass. That shit it's, ter- it's terrible. It's terrible. It's really I'm, terrible. Am I lying though? No, no, no. It's the no, truth. No, it's no. the truth. Oh, okay. But it's, it's <laughs> when you think about it on face value, it's kind of like, that's, that's partly why a lot of these situations end up in awkward situations where a nigga is pushing the envelope way too far, far than what he should because some niggas is out here from the conception of going on a date is like, well, the only thing that I'm going to get out of this date is if Shorty put out. So if I don't reach that milestone at the end of the date, I fucked up or or I didn't do what I was supposed to do and or now this Shorty is getting cursed out for quote-unquote wasting time. You wasted my time. You this, you that. You know what's kind of wild right. too? It's like, imagine the stress on the woman. Like, she knows like, that's the end goal for the that, nigga too. That so she knows that seven out of here. Eight out of ten niggas is thinking that every time she goes on a date. Yeah. Every time she goes on a date with someone, she's just like, yo, this nigga just want to fuck. 
So I'm just, you know, some girls, you know, might actually like you. They might really like your personality. But in the back of her mind, she still has to think, what if this nigga just wants to fuck? And the danger in that. There's danger in that, son. Imagine going on a date. This nigga picked you up. This nigga's responsible for dropping you home. And you know that in the back of your mind, a large part of this nigga's motivation right now is something physical happening. Whether it's sucking dick, nigga wants to fuck, this, that, and the third. And for, I mean, I've heard these stories before. For a lot of niggas, it's like if, I mean, for a lot of women, it's like at the end of the night, if this nigga doesn't seem like he is in a good mood or happy or pleased, I could either end up being dropped off on a corner, told to walk home. I could be cursed the fuck out. And in the worst case scenario, I could be assaulted in some way, shape, or form. So, I mean, I'm not trying to placate that at all. I understand that that is like a a real thing. But that is also, I do think, a landing point for a lot of niggas in terms of I'm paying for this date, I'm picking shorty up, I'm spending all this money, uh, and at the end of the day, the only way I'm going to feel validated that she likes me is through something physical happening. And I'll be happy if that if that's the case. That's that's my present at the end of the day. So, I mean, and I, I would really love I me. Mean, we're definitely going to have to recircle back with this and definitely have not just one, like maybe a couple women just share viewpoints because I need to know what is the value of a free meal from a woman's perspective if you know in your mind you already told yourself the first date he is paying possibly the second date he's paying too are you the woman saying to yourself i'm gonna see how i feel after i eat this fucking free meal I'm going to see how I feel about this nigga based on whatever the fuck he said. He could have been lying. He could have been whatever. I'm going to see how I feel based on if I feel like the date in totality is worth me fucking this nigga or going on another date. Because I don't even see the 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 the, the correlation between a man taking a woman out on a date anymore or a woman taking a man on a date if deep down inside, just going off of what D-Flow said, if 90% of motherfuckers is going on that date, and it's fucked up, but if 90% of motherfuckers going on a date, if the end game is sex, bro, you were better off using your free meal money for that girl that's sitting across from you at that table and fucking a prostitute. I'm sorry. It's the motherfucking truth. If the end goal was just sex, bro, you should have rented Motel 55 tonight. That ass, you you should you you, you should have done you, you wasted money watching a girl slap her fucking jaws, take Instagram filter photos from across the table, telling you in that moment I'm gonna be right back, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, taking more photos in the bathroom, doing more dumb shit, coming back out only to think you still gonna fuck. That shit is crazy to me. Mentally, that shit. I think there's something wrong. And we've I, been perpetuating it for years. I think a lot of I think a lot of men need to reevaluate th- that mindset when going on a date. I, I, and I'm not again. I'm not coming at niggas like oh niggas. In one sense, yes, it's patriarchal, but I I also think that this is the name of the game, especially when we've been speaking about this for weeks now. When everything seems so transactional, everything yeah. is about oh you buy me a bag, and I'm a fuck you a. Uh, 
or, oh, you buy me a truck and I'm going to suck you good. When a lot of, of what we're saying our relationships are nowadays is these transactional situations, of course niggas are going to go on dates thinking that, oh, by the end of the, if the nicer the date, the more money I spend, the more that I do, the more percentage my shit goes up that I get to fuck tonight. And that is the only thing that I'm, I'm guaranteed, quote unquote, in my mind, guaranteed to versus she's guaranteed to this free meal. She's guaranteed to these rides. She's guaranteed to X, Y, and Z. Um, so now I'm translating all of that to if I'm spending 300 for, and we've all seen the, the posts. We've all seen yeah. the Twitter posts. We've all seen the IG posts. If I spend 300, 400, then we fucking at night. No, sir, you're not. <laughs> You're not, yeah, and you're not yeah. entitled to because that's not what the date should be about. You should be, like Flo said, gathering information. Gathering information, sir. Now I do if feel not, like do like what this thing was said. Get get that prostitute, man. If that's what your end game is, that's what you need to be doing for sure. I that's do it. feel like we we kind of need to. At some point, we're gonna have to reevaluate what we're doing with with these dates, though, because I do feel like. It, uh, this certain current state of dating leads a lot of men to feel unappreciated at the end of said dating experience, especially if you don't end up with that person. Yeah, and not to go into it, but I was definitely asked a question while in Vegas from the person I went with. It was like, yo, so when you go out on these dates with these different women, what, what are you expecting in the end? Like, I want an honest answer. And the TV was on. And she turned the TV down deliberately. So I looked at her in the eye and I was like, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I said before, if I already knew deep down inside that I wanted to, 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 to fuck or smash, I'm probably going to do certain things in the inbox or the text messages leading up to the date. So you're going to know off rip what, what time it is. I said, but now... And I threw this in there and she didn't like it. I was like, but now, because I feel like most of the women that I've ever dated or been with, I feel like I was never in a confidence enough position with my bread because I'm getting into a very confident position with my money. I could care less if I even fucked that girl. She said, what you mean? I said, because I'm already fucking other girls. And then it was a deafening silence in the room. And it was like, well, what does that mean in terms of dates? I was like, I don't have to go on dates to fuck girls. That's what I'm saying. I don't have to, I don't have to do that. If I like you, that's why you're on this date. If I really like you. I said before, maybe I was just going on dates, you know what I mean, just to see if I could smash. And going back to what Default said, maybe that was, maybe that was a very much so a fucked up approach. Maybe some girls I did like, but the way that I'm internalizing shit now... If I actually take you out on a date, I see that not only there's value that I feel like comes with being from around you, but I'm going to go in my pocket because I see value in investing in this meal that we're about to fucking have with the gratuity and the fucking tip and pulling out the chair and opening the door. All of that shit. But if I really, really, really don't like you, me personally, I might be a little brunt, a little brash, a little upfront like, yo... Honestly, why we need a date when we just know that we just want to fuck? Like, we know there's a sexual energy here. Why do I have to spend money? I'm going to spend money in an Uber to come, to possibly come get you, which I've done before. And you're going to come to, and I'm going to fuck you. And then that's it. 
I don't I don't have to go out on a date and really get to to know you. Like I don't need to know about your kids and you know who's feeling or what's. I don't need to know about none of that shit. You know what time it is. I know what time it is. Let's not waste each other's time. You want to fuck distinguished? I want to fuck you. Let's fuck. That's it. That's me these days. I'm sorry. Um, all valid points. Um, have you ever had a, a ex cry to you over an ex, or had a your girl cry to you over an ex, someone that you were currently dating, cry to you about someone that they used to date? Um, and not because they died or anything like that, but more so because there's, so there's a there's a post going around. There's a young woman apparently who say stated that she was dating her boyfriend and um she cried to him because she missed how how much fun she used to have with her ex yo i saw that fucking meme and was like this is the simplest shit i'd ever seen boy and he stayed with her and i guess comforted her during that period she said he didn't get mad he just talked her through it and xyz let me see if i can find the post but in the meantime has has anything like that ever happened to y'all? I don't Okay, so I don't think no woman did it on some I miss my ex. It was more or so I don't want to get hurt or played like what my ex did to me. So if I fucking feel like I'm about to love you or I feel like I do love you, I'm begging you in like a crying way. Yo, I'm a good woman. Please don't hurt me like the next nigga did. And I feel like in that particular situation, if you really like her, which I think in that moment, you know, this is going to be bad to say. Even if you don't like her, nigga, find some shit and make it up because that's going to be a weird moment for you. If you really know you don't like her and she's being super vulnerable, figure out a way to find some shit to say because you say the wrong shit and she's emotional it can go one of two ways for you, my beautiful black friend. One, she might try to fuck you up right there in that moment. Like, you playing with my feelings. And then in that other moment, she may cry some more. And then there's going to be a crazy-ass meme or Facebook or Instagram post about you the next day. You're going to get slaughtered by the lambs. Niggas going to be looking for you. Fucking, it's going to be bad for you. Um, I think men who hear about what other men did to the women that like them, I think niggas have to be a bit more firm if they know in their heart you don't really like this girl. If a girl tells you, which plenty have told me already, if this is too much for you, the door is right there. I feel like my feelings are getting more invested. It's getting too deep. I don't want to get my heart broken. If you hear that, my brother, on the other end of the teardrop, nigga, if you not feeling her like that, you better go to the door. <laughs> you, you better go to the door because now you're going to just continue to perpetuate how she already feels about the narrative of black men ain't shit. Niggas ain't shit. All niggas want to do is fuck me. All niggas did was fuck me. So the meme is, cry to my boyfriend over how much I miss being friends with my ex. And rather than get mad, he held and assured me he'd be a better lover and friend to me. Then went further to take the day off to be with me because he wanted to make sure I was no longer sad. God, I see your hands. 
I'm not saying that the approach is wrong. I actually, you know what I mean? Like, I respect it. I just think that there's a deeper conversation that we may need to have if you crying because you miss how much fun you used to have with your ex. I'm t- <laughs> yeah, that shit. I'm, I'm just going to say this real quick. If my girl <laughs> ever, if I was in that predicament and my girl was crying over her ex, to me about the fun they used to have, just know, just just know, you won't be hurt, sir, because she will <laughs> fuck the shit out of that nigga again. The opportunity, the minute she gets that opportunity, player, player, she will sloppy top that nigga off, bro. That's Listen, what it sounds like. Do it to yourself. That's what don't it sounds like. Yourself, young king. You niggas right now hurting because you said that, Flo. God damn, I'm sorry for y'all niggas. Young, That's what it sounds right like, now. bro. Hey, if you do right, you, king. A, a nigga crying right now, bro. A nigga's crying. Do you, king, just know the minute she gets the opportunity, it would. <laughs> And she going to tell you to your face that I told you that I missed him. <laughs> and you going to rub her back and be like, it's okay? I'm not saying that you should break up with her. But like what X said, there needs to have you need to have a deeper conversation because you're Shit. obviously not over that guy. Yeah. And until you get over that guy, I'm a pass. Because yeah, you're not going to play me. We not what we not finna do it. Has this become? <laughs> we not finna we not finna do that. You're not gonna have me building you up, investing in you, and this nigga get out of jail, or this or this nigga come back from Wisconsin, back. and not, y'all not go even that, a, bro. You you done spend the time dolling her up, and she post that five five pick on the gram, and he do the heart eyes, and the next week. He y'all niggas shots. going a, I'm good. Y'all niggas yeah. going a friend date. <laughs> a friend date. Well, I, the, she come and be like, well, I, bro, she come back home. She be like, well, crazy. I saw my ex today and he was, we, we, we had a, we, we went out for tacos. Just know she had tacos with a side order of dick. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't be surprised, player. <laughs> she had tacos with a side order of dick and sour this cream. Flow is all know what's tonight. happening, bro. <laughs> this nigga's on one tonight. Oh my god! She don't know nothing. <laughs> this is fucking dad has some bow ties, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Shit. My god, <laughs> jeez. How you? How y'all feel about that friendship date? Yo, I'm not gonna hold you. When D Flow just said it, I think years ago I was definitely allowed to go on a friendship date. <laughs> I was allowed to go on a friendship date. <laughs> and actually, I've been on, I'm not going to hold you. I've been on several friendship dates. And uh, uh, some some of them weren't really friendship dates. <laughs> um, friendship y'all dates is dangerous, right boy. Y'all niggas ever hear me on a friendship date, nigga? I'm single. Just know that your boy is single. I'm back on the market, sir. The day you hear me telling you know y'all niggas like, that I'm on a friendship date. And no, I that, think that's the case. I think all the times it's I, it's just bad if you know you got a, a friend 
that you go on a friendship date with that throughout the date is telling you, so how's it going with your girl? Oh, my God, you look so handsome when you get your hair cut. It's, nah, it's see, bad. It's, see. If you're getting a lot of compliments throughout the date, nigga, you might be fucking on the date. Um, yeah, right. You, nigga, your whole shit clip is done. It's finished. The potato's out the bag. Somebody's slipping on an onion. It's bad. Um, I think that fellas, more so women, even though there are some women who will know that, damn, this nigga look very happy. Yo, you want to go out sometime and fuck your whole shit up? Legit, we'll, we'll hit you. And be like, yo, like, so how's it going? After they done seen you post, you happy. And then say, yo, what you doing this weekend? And then ask you about your relationship. Right. <laughs> I ain't right. never been on one of those. <laughs> right. And then they start asking you shit like, they start asking you shit like, damn, like I see you went bowling with your girl. I always wanted to go bowling. They see you in a That's club with your right girl. Yo, they see you in a club with your girl. Damn, I I know y'all niggas go to that club. Oh, I never been there. They see you eating That's nice right steak, there. shrimp, lobster, and they say, "Damn, I was supposed to go to that restaurant last week." I'm, I'm telling y'all niggas I, real life shit. <laughs> real life. I'm not I even joking. Been like that lobster this nigga just hitting, girl. This nigga just read yeah. his his whole inbox out loud. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> that shit nigga crazy, boy. Messages per message just now. Listen, I'm oh, I, I'm cool with uh, the. I'm I, I'm cool with the idea whoa, whoa, of going there's a lot, out. There's a lot of stutters right so, there, bro. Because I'm trying to get it together. Try to get over, bro. <laughs> I'm cool with the idea of hanging out with your your friend of the opposite gender, sex, all that. Cool. I don't know why we gotta call it a friendship date though. <laughs> like what the fuck is it? And I, I'm Y'all assuming. Out? And I'm assuming that this is happening between two single friends who aren't dealing with anyone. So do y'all that to me, once you start throwing in the little, the, the little innuendos, Oh, we just going on a little friendship date. That's this ain't nothing. You're just my, my little friend, uh, friend boo for the night. Once you start putting me in the gray area of friend and romantic, you know what I mean? The, the, the messaging gets a little crossed. Just gets a little crossed. Is oh I don't I don't know like I just I painted a picture for my friend I, I sent this to my friend and I told her I said just imagine you laying in bed with Bay Bay pops up about six o'clock his alarm goes off he jumps right. in the shower you hearing a little bit of Joe to see one twelve and the Isleys he's singing his heart out he gets out lays out his favorite outfit button up blazer top. Puts on some jewelry. You like, babe, where you going? And then he says, I told you, I got a friendship date with uh, Jessica tonight. And you going to sit there and say, oh, okay, cool. Where y'all going? And he says, yeah, I made reservations at the Cordon Bleu. I made reservations there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And, you know, they at six. (laughs) It's our friend anniversary. We about to yo. We about to, we about to hang out. I told you about it, right? And you go, nah, yeah, you bro. did. First of all, hold on, man. hold on. <laughs> wait, man. wait, too no, much I want to hear the story. I nah, hear the end of the story. Because we all know that nigga would have got hit with a heel halfway through the fucking explanation. What the fuck is we talking about? He put on his. He put on the best cologne, your favorite cologne of his, and and he starts to head to the Cardon Blue. 
or to go pick up Shorty for the Cardon Blue. And I believe that's a chicken with cheese in it, by the way. But <laughs> but they got this thing going. <laughs> Yo, this episode is wild. But I, I'm just saying, if that feels a little off to you, then I don't know. It's a little off with these little friendship dates. You know what I mean? Again, I'm assuming know, this happened between single even... folk. But even so, if you if you want to fuck your friend, just fuck your friend. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that one of these days. I'm going to try that. Flo, we love you too much. Don't don't try that shit. Yeah, no. I'm jeopardizing my life. I'm jeopardizing my life doing that, to be honest. I'm All right, gonna, let's, you know, let's get into it. I need somewhere to sleep for the night after that. Let's get into this segment and, and wrap up the show. Fucking God, son. Well, I've got some I'm going to be homeless after that, bro. <laughs> We're not going to let know. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. You said meat's at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact, bro. That shit couldn't have come oh, at a perfect man. time in the show. Oh, man. So, Revolt put out a statement from Diddy that basically said, if you love us, pay us. And he's talking to all the major corporations. Um, and basically, he went on a, a, a rant regarding how uh, black people, I think, make up like 15% of the media and marketing sector of business, but only get like 1% of the payouts from that. Um, oh, and wow. so it brings up and it raises the question regarding all the shit that happened over the summer and how all these companies put out their messages about Black Lives Matter and the Black Collection on Netflix and Yo, this, that, Netflix and the third. My Amazon, too. And now we're dealing with this Georgia situation where these laws seem to be uh, in the form of new voter suppression. And we're also dealing with a slew of other things that these companies can actually put real money behind but they rather just put out statements. And I know, Distinguished, this was your point over the summer uh, when a lot of people were putting up all these different messages and messaging. Um, so how do you feel about what Diddy is saying regarding stop with the with all of the, the painting on the sidewalks, stop with all the memorials, stop with all of the surface-level blackity-blackness, and if you really want to see us do better, then start putting some real action behind your words it's it's for me it's still the same energy um just to bring a few things to add more colorful layers and context to what we're about to paint for you guys this is about to be a fucking vincent van gogh montage this is about to be a horace pippen fucking uh great body of work that you're about to see painted so i think a lot of people that are in positions of power are finally getting the message. I mean, LeBron James might be doing too much. I think it's an overreach, you know, um, now. But uh, I think people are getting the message. They're actually putting their money where I think it needs to be put because they've realized that I'm at a certain level where I can't go as high unless I take more black people with me. Um, and I think Diddy has had the right attitude for a few years. Jay-Z has definitely had the attitude uh, since 444. Um, Beyonce with 
you know, her her involvement with not just Lion King, but when she put out, you know, the album that came subsequently after for the soundtrack and then all those videos and then, you know, getting deeper into African culture, getting real mystic with this shit, like on a spiritual level um, with Black is King. I think that the shift of people realizing that the political climate is above them it's going to take more than just murals uh painting sidewalks um putting nipsey hustle in the fucking middle of a basketball court um putting brianna taylor on a billboard uh passing a brianna taylor law we need money but we need to figure out how to make more money without the organizations that we believe should give us more money and i think that is what diddy in the end like the end game is if you really fuck with us pay us however the real payday is when we no longer need y'all for nothing that will be a very sad day in America. We're actually going to have two different Americas because right now there's only one America and it's spelled with three Ks. If, if, if we're keeping it 100, I think we're getting there. You know, you know, we're seeing certain people in positions getting certain awards that they've never gotten before. We're seeing certain people in positions that are owning things that they've never that we would have never been able to own before because it's not just the money. It's the stardom and it's the star power that we have now. So we're using the money and we're using our resources differently. I think they were always there. You know, this started back in the day with Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby and, you know, Jamie uh, um, and uh, Eddie Murphy and people like that. And, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Harry uh, Belafonte, who were in positions to do it. But I think because there's more of us doing it at such a rapid rate. It's going to be easier to not only get the message across, but help everybody get what we want. I think deep down inside, we want to be free of these corporations. J. Cole sang a song years ago. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. That's all the fuck we want. We, need, we want to be free from this capitalistic America, still make our money, still do what we do. But we don't want to do it with the way America has been doing us. We don't really, I don't think we necessarily want to kill white people at the rate that uh, they've been killing us. We just want to get the fuck away from y'all enough where we could be like, yo, we could actually survive in the same America without y'all. Our own schools, our own prison system, our own law firms, our own banks, our own universities, our own collegiates, all that, our own hospitals, our own health insurance, our own life insurance. We want all that shit. And I think we're finally seeing what we need to do to get there but it's going to take more than did yeah um the only issue i have is we can't get there if we continue to tear each other down and that's exactly what's happening with this black lives matter investigation i've looked into this and it's just so silly to me so a former member, because this was not broken in context in the beginning, but a former member of the Black Lives Matter movement um, has accused 
Patrice Colors of, I guess, using the funds inappropriately because she was able to spend about $3 million on buying houses. Um, and black people just jumped on that. Black people have been against the Black Lives Matter organization for uh, for at least the last the last two years. At first, the the attacks on the organization were they were nothing but if you ask me, it's nothing but homophobia. Honestly, the first attacks on them was it's two women of the LGBTQAI plus community leading it and. They have nothing regarding black men all in the organization. It's only about uh, the lesbian, gay, trans community, and women. And black men are nowhere on the site. That was the first attack on the Black Lives Matter organization. Uh, the second attack was that they were funded by George Soros. And this is nothing but a front for liberal white people to keep black people under control. And now the latest attack <laughs> is that Patrice is using the, <laughs> the funds of the organization uh, illegally to fund her getting richer. Uh, one of her friends recently came out and basically provided all of the receipts and said she gets most of her money from being a professor. She also has wow. a show um, with a major company of some sort. Let me, let me matter of fact, pull that, that post up. Really if quick. niggas really did their research, goddamn, son. It's, so it's she, a shame. She, signed a, she has a deal with Warner Brother TV. Wow. Um, she's a best-selling author. Wow. Uh, she is a professor, like I said. Um, wow. She does a lot of interviews with big uh, publications like Essence. So That's sometimes, a it, sometimes a check comes with that. Um, and she writes for the freeform series called Good Trouble. She writes for that. So she's going to get a check from that. And uh, they also did mention that the homes that, that she purchased, I'm going to see if I can read this really quick. So far, um, I've heard five great sources of income. No illegal activity detected. As far as the home she purchased, those are said to be for those who need assistance with somewhere to live. She is not occupying <laughs> any of those properties. So that's kind of what the friend uh, came back with. But I don't know if all of that is true. I read another uh, article that basically said that she has uh, she bought up. She purchased a home. That is pretty much in this like gated community where only all celebrities live. Um, and I don't know if that is in the batch of the homes that are supposed to be allocated for people who need a place to live. The, the only thing that came to mind for me, and I'm going to hand this over. If you fight for the struggle, does that mean that you always have to be in the struggle? Is that what we're saying? I was just about to say that. <laughs> And, and and even with that, you being the leader of a of a big non for profit organization, niggas still have salaries. Niggas still got jobs in the organization. And she says she just took a salary, I think, this year because she had to. There at some point, I guess, of a non profit yeah. organization, the people have to start taking a salary of some sort. 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got you got people doing different jobs. People got to get paid. Like, niggas still reporting to do their jobs. Ain't not everybody in a non profit is always a fucking volunteer. Like, you sometimes you got to pay professionals to come and do what they do. Right. And she's a professional in whatever regard that she does it in. So at the end of the day, people just got to stop reading into things. Listen. Just because an allegation is made doesn't make it true. Exactly. Like and we gotta stop it, doing that. As a people, as a as a society, we have to stop doing that. One disgruntled nigga come out and say, Yup, yeah, she using them funds illegally, and without any proof, niggas just run for it. I knew black li-. like y'all expose yourselves. When y'all ex- when y'all believe things without no type of studying, no type of research, y'all expose that this is what you feel inside of you. This is, has nothing to do with the other person at that point in time. You're looking for a negative thing to say about Black Lives Matter as a black person. It can't possibly be a good thing because maybe it doesn't align with your morals and values. Maybe you have an issue with the leaders of the organization. Maybe deeply and truly you have an issue with the way they decided to live their lives. And you just have to find a way to tear it down because it's not the image that you're used to. It's not maybe a bunch of... of uh, men at the forefront maybe it's not mm-hmm. a man and a woman at the forefront. whatever it is when y'all jump at these conclusions without any source i'm willing to wait i don't know if she's using it illegal or not but what i can tell you is just like distinguished i heard five sources of income that look like it could give somebody uh an, an allowance or an ability to purchase homes up to three million dollars that's probably not even liquid cash a That's lot of a that fact. might might be a mortgage. Out. So Jeez. might be mortgaged out. And at the end of the <laughs> day, three point two million dollars worth of mortgages is maybe twenty grand a month. Clean. And if you're bringing in forty, fifty, or sixty grand a month, you could afford twenty grand to split up amongst the mortgages. And if you're so, a professor, you're already getting a nice uh, chunk of change every week or every two weeks. You get paid. But if you're a New York Times, um, if if you're an author and you're a bestseller, son, you're getting money like on a whole publishing different residuals. checks is publishing checks legit. is retarded. Yeah, I was about to say she's getting all type of fucking bags, and then people might use an excerpt from her book. Then they're gonna ask her for permission. Then she got to sign off on that. Up oh, here's a check for the excerpt. I don't, I don't know, bro. I don't. When I first seen it, I told myself I'm not even gonna dig into this. This shit just sounds dumb. <laughs> I looked at it. I said, bro, I was telling X, I said, nigga, this, do they want her to be in the struggle her whole life? <laughs> nigga, that's why the fuck it was created to get out the struggle, bro. I mean, Black Lives Matter in, to get out. It loops us back in the same conversation with the people who said Black Lives shit Matter crazy. is irrelevant. So it is what it is. People just want to be against something. And it's just like, there's no real reasoning behind it. They just want to be against it because it, some people just want to go against the grain. They have to feel like they have a reason to go against the grain. So, But they know deep down inside, a straight man knows in his heart, if he was this lesbian woman, he probably would have did the same shit. Probably would have did it even more. Probably would have bought more homes. Probably would have probably would have gotten away with it in a way that people would have probably accepted it more. But because this is a woman who has identified herself as lesbian, 
who has identified herself as somebody who is for the LGBTQAI plus community in a way that she's trying to also help push the, the, the narrative that, yo, you can't kill trans people either. You can't kill lesbians and gay people either. Nigga, it's Black Lives Matter. It's Black Lives Matter. It's a black life. And at the end of the day, the overall, I think, achievement in trying to get out of the struggle is putting it in a putting it in a way that is letting you know, yo, even though I'm saying Black Lives Matter and we protesting and we, you know, on the streets and, you know, we trying to get into these, you know, um, lawmakers offices to kind of change these policies and get some of these brand new laws written up and try to get some of these laws, you know, reversed and trying to get some of these statues down and trying to get some of these statutes to be looked at again. The overall achievement of creating this thing is so that we don't even have to do this type of shit in the next 20, 30, 50, 100, 100, uh, 200 years. So fuck with me now. But yo, honestly, we shouldn't even have to fucking do this. But because we doing it, nigga, be happy. Be proud. And you I know mad? I know Shit a lot crazy. of people like to separate the movement from the organization and, and the new hat the new hashtag and catch line is Black Lives Matter the movement is what I support. I don't support the organization. I get it. That's cool. <laughs> All right. I understand it. But you need to understand this too. Movements need organizations just as much as organizations need movements. <laughs> and we're going to leave that there um, and get to our final topic, which a lot of things happen in law enforcement this week. Um, so we, of course, got to cover it before we get out of here. R.I.P. to Dante Wright, Minnesota shooting. The young man, 20 years old, apparently had a warrant from accounts i don't know this information is all fresh and i feel like i can't get enough information to truly get the picture that i would like to understand what the fuck happened here but from what has been reported in various different things but may not have been fully confirmed the young man was driving with a car freshener in the back of his vehicle somehow the the back rear some something of his vehicle and if you didn't know um, you can be pulled over for having an air freshener on your rear view mirror. You, you can, that can happen. You can get pulled over for having the little figurines on your dashboard. They literally can pull you over for that. Um, so for those who don't know, now, wow. you know, um, and so he was pulled over apparently for the air freshener on the rear view mirror. Uh, and then they found out he had a, a warrant somewhere within the uh, pullover, altercation, whatever you want to call it, the young man went back to get in his car and drive away, was shot. Uh, apparently, the way the bullet hit him, he was still able to drive, or the car was still moving. I should say, I shouldn't say he was able to drive, but the car was still moving and it, until it crashed into a pole or, or something of that nature, and they found him dead. I know... People are going to talk about resistance. I know people are going to say, why did he get back in his car? Why didn't he wait X, Y, and Z? I don't give a fuck. He should not be dead. The second thing is I read a report that said that it is possible that the police officer was trying to use their taser and ended up using a gun instead. 
We gotta get away from that bullshit. Like, we <laughs> Yo, gotta, we gotta get away from it. The taser doesn't even look remotely like the gun. It doesn't even fit. Oh, yo, these it can't. It, it can't feel as heavy as the gun. I'm sorry. There's no way, son. <laughs> yo, these niggas is crazy, bro. Like, but that is what's being reported. Uh, as I, I'm gonna stand by what I said. At the end of the day, this young man should not be dead. We just had fucking four weeks of mass shootings. We had another mass shooting, I think, before we got on this fucking podcast today. And all these niggas is in custody, fine as a motherfucking dandy. These niggas had almost machine guns, fucking bump stock guns, and were taken into custody besides, uh, I think, one nigga killed himself or some shit like that. But they're taken into custody, fine, no issue. A nigga gets pulled over. Matter of fact, I don't even let me re, let me rephrase that. A young man gets pulled over for what is seemingly a car freshener and then having a warrant. Yeah. And so somewhere along them saying he has a warrant and him trying to get back in his car, that turns into death. What are we doing? That's that's all I got on that, bro. Um, 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 I'm tired of talking about these situations, bro. Yeah, I'm tired. It's just ridiculous. It's just plain old ridiculous at this point. <sighs> Boy, do you feel like there's been any change since the protests over the summer? Nah, not really. Yeah, nah. I I do feel it's- like police are a little bit more. They realize the 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 tide is changing. It hasn't changed completely. But I do think that they're starting to realize, maybe not everyone, because it's a big-ass country, but this shit, you can't get away with this shit as much as before where there's just no backlash whatsoever. I do feel like that's in the air, but it's just not moving quick enough. Um, and uh, I don't know. But I think top- in the big metropolitan cities, there's been some differences, but... Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Besides that, you know, there hasn't really like in New York, you get pulled over. You the, the police are a little bit more lenient than they would have been before. But in in other parts of the country, as we've seen, that seems to not be the case. There's still aggressive ass officers out here who are just being overly aggressive for no reason. And for some reason, I don't know what the problem is or what the abuse of authority is. But my guy, in a general rule of thumb, you cannot roll up to me and just demand me to do something without giving me an actual reason. Which brings and us to that I next. You to, that brings mm-hmm. us to the lieutenant that got yeah that got pulled over, and in that situation where he was asked to get out the car. But go ahead with what you were saying, bro. Not saying in general, like you can't pull me obviously you you have the right to pull me over it's within your jurisdiction to pull me over and and ask whatever questions you may need to ask however (laughs) if there is no valid reason or there is no warrant for my arrest besides you asking me to hand over my information which is you know my license and registration and so forth if you cannot give me a valid reason to get out my car, then I do not need to step out my vehicle. And I don't like that 
you're not going to pull me out my I don't like when police do that shit. You're not going to get me out my car and then after you put the cuffs on me, <laughs> tell me why you're locking me up. That's illegal. You're not supposed to be able that, to do that. Yeah. I'm just like, who does that, man? They're like, you're not going to go to a restaurant and then they serve you a plate of food and be like, yeah, eat that. And then you be, and then they be like, oh yeah, that's fucking carne asada, man. They're like, no, you're you're going to ask me what I, you're going to tell me what you're going to. There's a certain formality to common conversation. If nothing else, you deserve that, and it only seems to happen with us black people, and this is what I don't get. Because when they pull the white people over, there's no hostility. There's the a question is asked and a, and the answer is given. Why? But for some reason, we get the hostility. Why is your first step pulling out mace when I'm asking you or I'm telling you, whoa, I don't know why I'm being pulled over. Can you tell me what's going on? I am in full army fatigue, which means that clearly... I am serving this country in some way, shape, or form. <coughs> You're pulling me over. You're mad, I guess, because I didn't just stop in a fucking desolate area, black as night. I decided to drive till I get to a gas station. So you're mad that you had to follow me for a mile or so. And when you get to my car, you're hostile. So the first thing you do is tell me, Put your hands up and and take your seatbelt off. Nigga, which one? Do I put my hands up or do I take my seatbelt off? Because if I make a fucking sudden movement to get the seatbelt off, there's two hot ones in the back of my fucking head because y'all have your guns out for a stop regarding a license plate. Why do you have guns out? Like, I don't understand none of the, the thought process here. If I have a deadly weapon out that increases the chances of that deadly weapon potentially killing someone to 100%. Right. Because it's out. It don't need to be out. <laughs> Whether I slip my trigger finger or I do it on purpose, now the, the, the chances of me potentially killing somebody is 100%. As opposed to if this shit is holstered and this person is complying and there's nothing crazy going on, they just didn't like... And this happened in Virginia, and we got to call a spade a spade. They didn't like that the black man was asking these white officers. <laughs> I think the young officer honestly was following the older officer's lead because that's what it looked like, but that's how it happens. And that older officer did not like that this black man had the gall to say, before I do anything, can you tell me why y'all are pulling me over? You can't, you can't pull me over. And not tell me what the fuck you pulling me over for. Yeah. So, we got to leave off on that note. But uh, what's the tough knot? A lot of us followed our dreams. But that's all a lot of us did. What a nightmare. What would dad say? If there's anything that we learned this week, it's that greatness doesn't necessarily mean the flash. It doesn't necessarily mean the cars. It doesn't necessarily mean 
the women, it, it might mean the women because DMX did have 15 kids, 15 to 17, <laughs> so, supposedly. There's a um, game being played. How's it going down? <laughs> but what it does mean to be a legend is to be a man of the people, to be someone that is relatable, to be someone that doesn't see themselves as above everyone else. And that is the goal, everybody. It, it, it's not to stun on niggas. It's not to flex on niggas. It's not to make other niggas look at you and, and mm-hmm. be like, I'm shitting on them. The goal is to change lives. The goal is to make the world better in some way, shape, or form. We don't all specialize in the same ways of making the world better. And that's where we get it tripped up, flipped up, and fucked up. We think that there is a specific formula that we have to to follow to say that we are making the world a better place. That's not true. Be the best version of you, and I promise you, the other parts fall into place. Make those decisions that make the world a better place. Instead of taking $1,000 that magically fell in your bank account that you know isn't yours, give it back. This is another episode of Dad Has Bow Ties. We out.